It is the most anticipated episode that everyone is looking forward to listening to. And this is what I've been prepared to do for a very long time. I wasn't sure how long it was going to be for me to do this. But the main event is now ready and set to go to put this once-in-a-lifetime episode together. Welcome to a very special presentation of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I am the main event player, the super secret himself, Herman Torres coming back at you. The god among gods, the king among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. Now, usually on these episodes, I go ahead and talk about certain things. I always talk about professional wrestling. I always talk about certain events like WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, and everything else like that. But for this particular episode, we're going to go ahead and set all the wrestling aside, at least for the time being, and talk about one of my all-time favorite places here in Corpus Christi, Texas. Today is Valentine's Day, just to let everybody know. And Valentine's Day has a very special place in the main event's heart. Now, it will be filled with love. It will be filled with a lot of joy. It will be filled with a lot of other stuff and much, much more. So on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, I get a chance to reflect back. Reflect back upon 20 years. 20 years of the main event when he made his debut in February 14, 2003, when I first walked into the doors of Richard's Billiards. But before it was called Richard's Billiards, it used to be known as Theo's a long, long time ago. And on this episode, the main event is going to look back at everything. Everything that has taken place in that, in this very special bar that the main event likes. So, the main event will talk about my beginnings, who brought me in, what was the purpose of me coming over to this place, what's so special about Theo slash Rich's Billiards, what is it about it? We'll also talk about several of the things, including several bands that have performed at that very same bar and everything. We'll also talk about some of my favorite moments, some of my favorite bartenders, some of my favorite people. Why do I run the jukebox and everything like that? And we'll also talk about some of the people that we've lost over the years now. There is one particular person that we found out recently that we lost. And not only are we going to be thinking about him at this time, but this episode is dedicated to the memory of this man. And I wish he was here with me. And I think he, I think I wish he was here with all of us instead of what had happened, if you know what I mean. But you'll find out about what that is and much, much more. And plus... We will talk about the future. We will talk about what's in store for Richard's Billiards in the main event. And plus, you will get a chance to listen to the brand new commercial that I put together. Because as you guys know, I've always managed to put, a, put together a certain commercial that would always reflect back upon Richard's Billiards every single time. And I've done it with style, with crest. And with certain mess-ups about 25 times. But nonetheless, I get it all in and everything else like that. So, be prepared, chill out, relax, enjoy. And happy Valentine's Day to all of you. 
everyone at Richest Billiards, everyone in Corpus, and everyone that listens to this podcast. So trust me, you're going to enjoy this and everything else like that. So let's kick things off, shall we? And um, I don't think it would be right if I didn't kick any music. But, uh, and I must extend my apologies at this time, because the music you're about to hear has nothing to do with the music that you know now. This is the kind of music that you would listen to, especially when it comes to Rich's Billiards. And I couldn't think of a better band to start this off than one of the all-time great bands that have ever performed at Rich's Billiards. And I'm talking about my good friends, the Periwinkle Massacre. Let's kick things off with them, shall we?
Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is official. 2023 is here, and that means 2002 has been put in the back burner, and that means that all of you are going to be having some New Year's resolutions for 2023. So why don't you go ahead and add Rich's Billiards to your New Year's resolution list. Rich's Billiards over here in Corpus Christi, Texas, 5815 Weber is where it's located at. And if you guys got nothing to do, head over to my favorite spot here in Corpus Christi, Texas, Rich's Billiards. Go over there and take advantage of their awesome drink specials. And if you want to shoot some pool, get there as early as 11 a.m. And then play a little bit till 3 p.m. And then after that, you're going to have to go ahead and pay the minimum in every way possible. And if you want to go ahead and check out some UFC, some boxing, some NFL, some ice hockey, even professional wrestling, Rich's Billiards will definitely help you out in every way possible. And if you want to jam out some of the latest music going on, their jukebox is ready and available. You can go ahead and go over there and jam out to some uh, some country, some Tejano, some hip-hop and R&B, even some classic hard rock and heavy metal Courtesy of Rich's Billiards. And if you see the main event there, trust me, you're not going to want to stick around. Or if you're a huge fan of heavy metal, the main event will definitely provide you with everything that you need in every way possible. So if you guys want to ring in the new year for 2023, start off right. Come to Rich's Billiards. Be there for several of their big events, including emo night that happens every single month at Rich's Billiards. They will provide you the dates and the details, and the main event will show it off to you right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. There will also be several live events that will happen, including bands like Knife Party, a tribute to Deftones, Headbangers Pit, The Southern Revival, and several other acts that come to Corpus Christi that head over to Rich's Billiards and perform for all of you. 2022 is officially over, and 2023 is here, so add Rich's Billiards as your New Year's resolution for 2023. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average heroes, the legend continues, and this episode is sponsored by the Main Event Talk Podcast. Welcome to 2023. If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Listen for your question right here on the main event talk podcast, and it could be any question that you want, whether it's anything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling to anything new in music or anything about possibly politics, even though I really don't get into politics that much anyway, or anything about current events or anything about the Transformers or any kind of new metal music that you like to talk about or anything in particular, even if it's a bit personal. The main event would love to go ahead and put that email out for everyone to listen to. So once again, my email address is the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. And listen for that question right here on the main event talk podcast. So allow me to uh, go ahead and apologize for one piece of history that will probably not be mentioned. Uh, but, you know, of, of all the years that I've been around that place, Rich's Billiards, that is, that I've never known. I mean, I, obviously I know how 
how long the building has been, right? But I don't know when it exactly started. You know what I mean? Because uh, I've known several buildings uh, around downtown and other parts of Corpus Christi, but Rich's was always that one that... I think it's been around for more than 20 years, but I'm wondering what was his original origins? Where where did it happen? Uh, how did it happen? And who really who who truly owned the building besides Richard? You know, I know I know uh, I think Carl Wendell. I think may have owned it. Well, uh, well, let me correct that. I think Carl was was the one that ran the bar. I think. And I think if memory serves me correctly, uh, Theo's at that time, that was its original name, was owned by Theo's himself, who I believe now owns, he, he owns the palace and he owns uh, a couple of other places to remember. So I apologize if I don't remember that part to the whole story. <laughs> but for me, it always began around Valentine's Day today. Uh, It was uh, on a Friday. uh, It was 2003. I was walking over. uh, I had long long before I stepped into that place, before I stepped into Theo's, I was at a place called Q's back in the day. Uh, Q's was this bar downtown that's right there I think it was close by Chaparral, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it used to be called Buckets back in the day. And once again, like its origin story, I think the building's been around for quite a while. I, I don't know who previously owned it and everything, but I remember it being being Buckets, and then it turned into Q's, and then the rest is history. So I was there... That was my spot long before Theo's came along. And that was like the place that I I never ran a jukebox over there. I always uh, shot pool. I always drank some beer over there. And uh, it was a good place to be at. And then I've I've met several women over there that worked at at, um, Q's a long time ago. One of the uh, one of these girls was a girl named Brandy, who had who had some issues with management, and it wasn't because of of money. It wasn't because of hours. It wasn't because of any of those things. It was because let's just say that uh, I think I'll probably mention. I I think I remember his name once. Um, uh, let's just say that the manager was a pervert and he wanted and she wanted to get out. Yeah. She was only there for maybe uh, a few months and she had had it up to here because of, I I guess, issues with raises and, and, and other things in that particular nature that got her a bit uncomfortable. So she had told me about Rich's Billiards or Theo's at the time. So I wanted to go. And obviously it's Valentine's Day and I obviously had a thing for her and everything else like that. Now, before we get to this part of the story, I must tell you one other part that happened. So 
uh, I think 2003 in that same year. And I think right before she told me about this, I went to Theo's a long time ago, right? But I went around, I think it was in January. I think it was in January or maybe December, I'm trying to remember. And I walked in there with uh, Antoine a while back, right? So Mark Anthony and myself had walked over to that place. And this was completely different. It was completely different from how Q's was. Because even though Q's would be the place to go over, we, we decided to change things up, you know? We decided to change things up. I've been to several bars before, and I always thought that Q's was the spot for me, just like that. Now, I go to this spot, and it becomes different. It's, it's, it has something to it that you can't describe. You can't put it into words. So when I walked into that place before Valentine's Day, it was sort of a little bit of a, a, a preview before the actual you know, set. I walk in, good place to be at, and I think I remember Houston being behind the bar. Uh, Houston is uh, as an old friend of mine, who I remembered uh, in my days working at the gun club a long time ago. Uh, we, worked, we worked side by side a couple of times, thought he was a good guy and everything. And then I found out that he worked over at, uh, at Theo's. I just saw him right there at the bar. I was like, oh, wow. Because I had not seen him in many, many years. Looked great. So right up until then, it was at this moment where, you know, Brandy would tell me about her situation with um, Q's. She wanted to work over at Rich's Billiards or at Theo's, I'm sorry. And it would be the start of something extremely special. I didn't know it yet. I didn't know it yet, but I I had this feeling that something was in the air. I, I wasn't quite sure what it was, but she would have something to do with it. This place would have something to do with it. And in the next few years to come, somehow I would be a part of this place and its history. And it may not mean a lot to a whole lot of people, but it means a lot to me. So I would walk over to Rich's Billiards, uh, over to Cubes, I'm sorry, Theo's, I'm sorry. It was, um, I was with Roman when all this went down. We would walk over. I had bought a bunch of uh, bought a bunch of Valentine's Day stuff because it was Valentine's Day, and all I would, all I could think about was a girl brandy, right? So I came over. I wanted to give her this gift and everything, and even th- even though it was not. It was not the same how it once was because, you know, nowadays, I mean, when I walk in, I just go to the bar, I do whatever I can and, and, and just run the show the way I want to run it. But before I, I didn't run the show, I didn't I didn't do things I usually do. I just came in as a regular customer, you know, came in just, you know, wanting to, you know, have a pool table, have a pool table side 
with Brandy, right? But I, I guess at that time, it was a bit different because, you know, things around that time changed because I think there's a certain rule, a section where one section of the bar belongs to one wait- waitress, another section belongs to another waitress, and everything else like that. I think that was the one of the problems that happened at the very beginning when I first walked into that place. Because all I wanted was to, to be around Brandy. That was the whole thing. Wanted a shoe pool there, wanted to be around Brandy just for a while. And it was good. It was good for what it was. And, and to those that wonder what, the, what I got it for Valentine's Day... <laughs> Obviously, I got, you know, Valentine's Day, you would get a usual card, usual uh, box of chocolates and all that stuff. Um, I wanted something for her to have. And believe it or not, she actually still has it to this day. Uh, It was this Stitch doll that I bought. Now, if you remember, there used to be a show or movie that came out called Lilo and Stitch, right? And there was also a TV show called Lilo and Stitch. So, uh, back in the day in the mall, I don't think we have this anymore, but we used to have this uh, Disney store that had all of these figures, all of these, you know, Disney figures that you've seen in the movies, you know, from Lilo and Stitch and, you know, 101 Dalmatians and all that stuff, right? So, my thought was there were two different versions of Stitch dolls. There was one where he has his mouth closed and another one where he has his mouth wide open. So I wanted to get the one with the, the mouth wide open and everything. And she liked it. You know? She liked it. It was a good mood. That night, it was, um, it was a real good night for her. I was glad to be there when everything happened, right? And the night could have been a whole lot better. Let's just say, I guess someone had an issue, a problem that I chose this waitress and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I was only there for maybe about an hour, maybe two hours till I left. And believe it or not, this would be the beginning. This would be the start of something extremely special, as I, st- as I stated earlier. I didn't know it. None of my friends knew it yet. But this would be the beginning of something that would would create new memories for me. And it would be the home of Headbanger Incorporated. And this was the start. The downfall of Q's was coming. The downfall of Q's was coming. But the rise of riches, the rise of Theo's would begin here. And it was some, I, like I said, I was not aware of it. But it was in the air and I was immediately on board for this ride that I'm about to take. My favorite moment at Rich's Billiards. Um, uh, there's been a ton. There's been a ton of um, uh, favorite moments of mine that um, that I've cherished over the years, and uh, I have kept them with me for a, a very, very long time. So uh, I, I guess if I wanted to pick a, a favorite moment, um, I got three of them, okay? So 
Uh, there's several moments that I remembered, but uh, these three will definitely be the ones to top the list. So we'll start with, um, I think it was July 16th. It was 2010. Uh, at the time, uh, Rich's Billiards, at that time when it was still Theo's, was uh, just getting off the ground, right? Because it was uh, down. Uh, it had been out of business for a few months, and then it got back to renovating. It got back to doing what it's doing. And there was going to be a show that was going to happen on Mondo's birthday and on my birthday as well. And this took place over at uh, Theo's a while back. And the uh, reason why it's my favorite is because of um, the performance. And the performance that happened over there, I believe this was the first time where the legendary Periwinkle Massacre had uh, performed over on stage. Uh, you had the best drummer on the planet, John Luna. You had Mike Rod on bass. You had Joe Aguilar on guitar. I call him Jeff Hardy or or Rob Barrett at, at Dimeback Daryl and and, and what Joe Jonas how, whatever name I called him in every way possible, um, I think uh, uh, I'm trying to remember who else who was in there. Um, oh my God! I said John Luna, Joe Aguilar, Mike Rod, um, Hector of course, um, Matt Gongora, and uh, and my birthday buddy. Uh, Mondo, shy. He he was known as I think it was known as Shy One at the time, and then he changed himself to Shy Three Six One, you know, over the years. And uh, it was an outstanding performance. Uh, it was good seeing them on stage um, at Theo's. This was the first time that I can remember that um, that they performed over at Theo's. Right. It would be the first time, and it would be the first of many shows that they would be a part of in the next few years. And uh, it was it was a, a packed house. It was definitely a packed house at that time for it being my birthday and stuff. So uh, one of the things that I remembered about that show, uh, I was off the next day, so I didn't have to worry about it because it was my birthday. So it was all cool. Um, one of the things that I found special about it was, you know how there's always a woman in the crowd that really stuck out and just really, you know, you don't expect this a person to show up, but they show up anyway. Well, there was this friend of mine named Erlinda who showed up over at the show. And when I saw her, holy shit, I ain't gonna lie, she was fucking hot as hell. One of the pictures that I have that I still save to this day, um... It was a, because uh, I had my Dallas Cowboy, I was wearing my Dallas Cowboy uh, jersey at the time when all this took place. And uh, I think Orlinda was there looking as beautiful as only she could. And I remember Richard having, uh, and I still have that picture on me. It's a picture of me, it's a picture of Orlinda together over at the show. And um, that's a picture that uh, is definitely one of my favorites right there. It was good. It was a good performance by the Periwinkle Massacre. They did extremely well. Uh, it was good to see Erlinda over there. It was good to see everybody over there for that. And it wasn't just about me. It was also about Mondo as well because it was his birthday as well. So big happy birthday to him at the time. So that was one of my favorites. Another favorite of mine, I'd have to go back to, I think, two. 2000 and I think it was 13 or 14, one of those days. 
there was this big event that was going to happen at Rich's Billiards, right? And this event would feature uh, our good friends, Shattered Sun, and the Periwinkle Massacre would be a part of it. Mariachi Muertos would play a part of it. There were about maybe 10 bands that performed over here. And it was a packed house. It was a very packed house happening over there. I think it was a, ba- I think it was a Battle of the Bands contest that I was trying to remember. Um, that moment was where uh, something took place over there. Now, prior to... This is something that I may have revealed or may have not revealed, but prior to when we uh, did the show before it took place, uh, I was working and I received a message on my Facebook from Marcos, uh, Marcos Leal of Shattered Sun. And he had informed me that there was going to be a big Mm -hmm. surprise happening over at Theo's. And I wasn't sure what it was. (laughs) I asked him what it was. And he told me that Chuck Billy from Testament would be over at Rich's Billiards. I'm like, Dude, are you serious? Chuck Billy, him, the man? Because <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge Testament fan. I love I love the New Order. I love Legacy. Practice what you preach. The, the ritual. <coughs> Those were my favorite albums of all time. All of them, even even the new ones that are currently happening. So when I saw Chuck Billy walk into the doors of Richard's Billiards, there was this big tall man. And he, he was he was a big man. Chuck was a very, very big man. And it was so awesome to see Chuck Billy walk in to Rich's Billiards. And it was one of those moments that I will never forget. I see him. I go by, oh, hey, Chuck, how's it going? You know, And I introduce myself to him. My name is Furman Torres. And I welcomed him over to uh, Theo's and he was glad to be there and he, he wanted to see the show for itself and everything and you know and it was incredible and it, and it's so fucking amazing because I'm surrounded by all these fucking midgets including me and you get Chuck Billy who's about standing what uh, maybe six foot six six foot seven at least my god he's a big man M- Marcos is almost about the same size as Chuck Billy around there and also um and one one that I will never forget, I uh, I had a chance to have a picture taken with not just Chuck Billy, but I had my friend Roman with me, I had Gilbert with me, and it was incredible. I still have that pic uh, somewhere uh, in my archives, and it is still one of the most memorable pics ever. Another thing that happened on that same night, and I wish I would have been a part of this when it when it took place. Around, uh, I think it happened during the show or maybe after the show, I'm not sure. I found out that legendary record producer Johnny Zazula was out there and he was over, he was actually here at Rich's Billiards. And I couldn't, I could not believe that I heard he was here. Uh, I had saw a video on YouTube that, uh, that aired up and it had the show, uh, talking about the, the Breaking Bad, uh, record company and everything and then it talked about uh johnny zazula being there and i saw the interview and i was like oh my god and and also and also and i want to reveal this because this is a first and if i would have known about this i would have ran down the fucking street so i found out that apparently chuck billy and johnny zazula were here in my neighborhood 
Okay, and they were down my fucking street. I guarantee you, I would have left my fucking house and I would have taken my CDs. I would have brought over, hey, uh, hey, Chuck, uh, would you mind having, you know, <laughs> I would have had him sign all the fucking CDs and everything. And it was incredible. That that was one of my, definitely one of my all-time favorite moments. Seeing Chuck Billy of Testament over there is just awesome. And I think it, it would have been even better if Chuck Billy and Testament would have performed at Rich's Village. And my God, if that if that were to happen, I guarantee you the place would have sold out and I probably would have not, I can't get out of there, oh my God. Would have been awesome to have Testament perform over at Rich's Village. It would have been great. One more moment that um, will stand the test of time with me. There are several moments, but uh, I got one in particular. I, there, there's one that I want to save for last. Another moment for me that took place at Rich's or took place at Theo's would happen to be uh, the the um, reunion, the abrasion reunion. That was the one that really stuck out. Now, I know some people are like thinking, wait a minute, that never happened. Oh, yes, it did. Yes, it did. I believe it was, uh, I think it was the 12th or the 11th, I think. Uh, no, 2011 or 2012, Adima performed on stage, and Mark Chavez was supposed to have been a part of the band, never was. So you had Adima alongside with the labeling theory that was run by Renee Saul. I think Matt Wood was still in the band, and I think there was a third person, a uh, fourth person, I forgot who. And then you had the Periwinkle Massacre on the other side, right? Which was good, which was amazing. I mentioned the Abrasion Reunion. There's a picture, and I think I have it somewhere unless I can find it. There is a picture of the members of the of, of Abrasion over at Theo's. You had my best friend Hector, who was on there. Saul and Renee that was on there. And of course, Je- Jesse Leva, he was there. And it was... It was one of those moments. And despite the fact that that show was amazing when you had, when you have the labeling theory and when you have um, the Periwinkle Massacre on stage alongside with Edema, that's just incredible. It's great. But to have that reunion to happen is, it's the most, it's to me one of the most memorable moments ever at Rich's Billiards. That ranks up there with anything. One more, um, this one uh, goes straight from the heart, and this one is straight to the heart of of Hector and Joe and Mike Rod, John Luna, Matt Gongora, and Mondo. This hits home for all of them, and the date is very, very simple. March 17th, 2012. That was the final and last time that the Periwinkle Massacre would ever perform. Now, over the years, they have performed in several different spots here in Corpus Christi, and Theo's was always a spot for them. I always feel that way. When it was announced that they were going to do their final show, and the only appropriate place place to do it was at Rich's. And I was a part of that history and it was it was incredible uh, on that same night I think I'm trying to remember I think Leoric had played that night and I also remember um, Shattered Sun they were definitely there this was way before the time 
when Marcos and Shattered Sun became huge in the next few years, right? <coughs> so that was a moment in time. Uh, I still remember being at that show, and when I showed up, I I was lucky. I was good enough to get a parking spot close by. But when I got there, holy fuck, it was a packed house. I have never seen so many people go over to Richard's Place for this one event. This one event that happened, and it was just the most incredible thing ever. So when they played on stage, the only downside to it was that there was no Joe Aguilar. You had the other five members, but there was no Joe Aguilar. Um, I think I think it had something to do with work. I don't know if there was issues with the band at that time, which would, you know, of course, lead to what what would happen to them afterwards. And they did they did outstanding. They did good for themselves. They performed on that stage. Uh, they did it as good as they can. Uh, the original singer, uh, Tim, at the time was over there, and he w- he also sang one of the songs from back in the day because. Tim was the original singer of the Periwinkle Massacre, and he had played on that stage with Hector and with the rest of the band, which was very, very, was appropriate, was right, and you couldn't help yourself. I know Tommy, who also played in, uh, he played in uh, Conscientious, but he also played in the Periwinkle Massacre. He was the original drummer long before John Luna came in, and he played on the drums as well, which was another incredible moment. It was just a a moment after moment after moment seeing that. And I was lucky enough to be a part of it. I was lucky enough to be a part of it with Hector, with John Luna, with Mondo, Mike Rod, and Matt Congora. And it would have been nice if Joe were, were there. It would have been nice, but, you know, whatever happens, happens. But it, it became uh, the show of the night. It became one of my favorite moments of all time. And that's something that I will live to remember from here on out. That is exactly why these moments are never, ever made up. It's created. These guys know it. These guys understand it. And these guys just put on one hell of a performance. I know that the Periwinkle Massacre is done. But the only thing I'm hoping, and I think the only thing a lot of fans are hoping, is one more time. One more time. We've got to see the Periwinkle Massacre one more time. It has to happen at Rich's Billiards. I know that uh, I think Austin got a taste of the Periwinkle. I think Corpus deserves it, and I think Theos deserves it the most. No matter what, no matter what, there's a lot of great bands that that played on that stage at Theos. But the Periwinkle Massacre is legendary, and they stay on that very top list. No one's going to knock them off. Nobody.
If you guys have any questions in regard to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Listen for your question right here on the main event talk podcast, and it could be any question that you want whether it's anything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling to anything new in music or anything about possibly politics, even though I really don't get into politics that much anyway, or anything about current events or anything about the Transformers or any kind of new metal music that you like to talk about or anything in particular, even if it's a bit personal. The main event would love to go ahead and put that email out for everyone to listen to. So once again, my email address is the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com and listen for that question right here on the main event talk podcast so the thing was about uh you know right after the whole thing that happened um when i first walked into the doors of rich's billiards that day uh, I know some people probably are asking themselves, you know, whatever happened to Q's? Whatever happened to the place? Kind of show you the brief story, or tell you the brief story before we get into it. I, I have to go back. I have to go back to the 2000s when I first started coming into that place. You know, Q's was a, a tremendous place to be at because it was a place to hang out, a place to drink beer, a place to shoot pool. Uh, several people I know that have um, been to that place uh, have been there, have hung out and everything. Now, the difference, the obvious biggest difference between Q's and Theo's is at that time, uh, the jukebox factor, I'll probably mention that later, but the jukebox factor was never was never around at the time. Yeah, there, 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 there was a... I think there was a jukebox, but I think it was one of those those really old uh, jukeboxes where I guess you put a coin or a dollar or something like that and then you get your music to play and everything and, you, and then you have to press, pre- press like B4 or F5 or, or one of those numbers to get the, the song you want and everything, right? So... I never messed with the jukebox. I, I always was sticking to my guns. You know, I was just sticking to shooting my bowl, drinking some beer, and that was it. That was all that I did. Cues, right? Now, during that time in 2003, things were rapidly... It, it, wasn't, it wasn't coming to an end yet, but I didn't see it. Much like I didn't see this coming, right? So... In 2023, or 2003, I'm sorry, when I first walked in to Q's, or first walked into Theo's, it was the beginning of something special and new. It was fresh. And, you know, and I wanted to go back because of Brandy. But I would come back more, and it wouldn't be because of Brandy, which I'll talk about later. Q's was... Going through a transition, going through a phase because of, because of the things I've heard about management-wise and 
bartender was. I mean, they, they had some great bartenders. I'll, I'll say that. They had some very great bartenders over there at Q's. And my thought was, why don't these guys work for uh, work for Theos? You know, why, why don't they work there? Unless the pay was lousy here or, 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 knowing, or knowing where Q's was at, because it was downtown. It was at a very good spot, so you're going to have a lot of people come by and, and drink beer and shoot pool and have a good time over there. So management was becoming a problem. And I wasn't aware of it at the time, but I'd heard rumors and I'd heard from several of the waitresses and several of the bartenders that there were a lot of things they didn't like about the place. There were a lot of things that were ridiculously uncalled for. Uh, it's, it's a long story. I don't really have all the details to it. But from, from Valentine's Day in 2003, and let's go all the way to... I would say maybe August or September of 2023. There was a show that happened at that time at Richard's Billiards. I think Hector may know it quite well because he was there with me. Uh, Hector was there. Saul and Renee was there. Uh, I know Jess was there. Of course, Roman was there with me throughout the entire time. At that time, uh, Equalize had a show. Equalize had a show, and it took place over at Q's. And it was, it, it was a phenomenal show. It was a very phenomenal show. It was a packed house like you wouldn't believe, right? It was a very packed house. Um, at that time, Free State had performed. And at that time, I think Renee was the drummer, Saul was the bassist, and Hector was the guitarist and the singer at the time. And... With all due respect to the other eras of the, of Free State, because there because there's three different versions. There was the five piece that began in 2000. There was the the three piece that happened in 2002, 2003, and then of course there was the other one that featured the best drummer on the planet, John Lennon and and Renee. I think Renee and Hector were both vocalists at the time, and I think they kind of exchanged everything as far as that goes. But in this era, in 2003. It was so different, you know, it was so different because that era, the Equalize era was, to me, that was the best era, the best era of all time. Uh, and it, and it featured several things that, um, that happened. We, we had Free State on stage. There was another group that was on stage. I forgot who it was, but it was elements of Equalize there at the show. The show lasted, uh, I think we got there probably about maybe 10 o'clock, right? And the show lasted until maybe 12 or 1 o'clock at night. Phenomenal show. Great show. And subsequently, it would be the last show. It would be the last show because something would change after that. So, after the show at Cubes in September... I sort of took some time away from Cubes. I took some time away from it. But I started coming over to Theo's a little bit more, right? Because it was crazy how that show would change everything. But also, the show would make me see something different at that time. 
it would make me see something totally different because that night it was where now I'm crossing a bridge to go somewhere else and and it's something that I've never experienced before so around September and October those times I had remember going to queues when Brandy was still working there and it was starting to become better right I was meeting new people uh, Theo's was closer to my house. I felt better over there for some odd reason. And it was much more nicer. There was a feel to it that I was enjoying that I've never felt before. Then comes November. November 2003, I believe I was walking in. Uh, I remember about a show happening at a place called Sharky's downtown, which was right there close by Q's. And I think the show featured, I remember two bands very, very well. One was Six Feet Under, and the other was uh, As I Lay Dying. This was the new band that I started hearing. I was here listening to a lot of new bands at the time. Um, As I Lay Dying, uh, Kill Switch Engage. Um, I started hearing Chimera for the first time. I started hearing all of these awesome bands that we started jamming out to. And when I heard that this man was coming over, I thought, oh man, this would be great to check out over at uh, Sharky's, right? But uh, we got there and we were there about a week late or a week a week early because <laughs> I found out that the show was not going to happen until the following week so they had to uh, reschedule I believe so we decided to go ahead and take uh, me and Roman decided to go ahead and um, take advantage and head over to Q's because we hadn't been there in a while and holy shit how just a few months could change and it changed it changed badly. It changed so badly. So, I remember going over to Q's. I walked in, and it looked the same. There weren't that many vehicles around, and and it's downtown. You know, it's downtown. It's Thursday night. You would expect some people to be around at that time. So when I walked over to this bar, I walked in. It was clean as hell. It was very, very clean as hell. This was around maybe 11 or 12 o'clock at midnight, right? It was dead as hell. It, it, it was dead. It was such a spooky, spooky time to be in that place. So when I walked in to Q's, it was clean. It was. It, it looked nice. Everything was right. The pool tables looked nice, and I was fine with that. But where's everybody else? I mean, I saw, I saw my friend Ben behind the bar, and it was just. It was a change. That I'm not sure, what had happened. I don't know if this change was the right call, or if this was a change that unfortunately had to happen so I found out I think management was a bigger issue with cues than we thought I think I heard I think I heard something about a buyout 
and I heard something about uh, somebody taking over the place and would make the bar nicer, more cleaner, more authentic. And I just remember walking in the queues and even though I was having a couple of beers with Roman, me, me and Roman just looked around and we were like, what the hell? This used to be fucking, this is bad. This used to be badass. What the fuck happened? And I had no answers. I had no answers. I was just thinking back in September of 2003. And then I'm in November. And this was just a scene of what happened. I mean, how did, how did we end up here? Right? Right as I'm about to walk out. There was a song that came out right when I was walking out. And it was a song, I don't know who sang it, but I kept hearing the words, it's all over, it's all over now. And boy, when I heard that, I heard that and my, my head was just in awe seeing cues for the very last time. And that was truly the last time. So I remember that night leaving and I wasn't going to go home because it was like 12, 1230 and I really didn't feel like going home, right? Because I was off the next day. So I wanted to go somewhere and Q's was done and I figured, fuck it, let's go ahead and go over to Theo's and uh, go drink some beer there. And it was funny how things drastically changed from going from being a part of something special and end up dead, clean and dead, and that's kind of how I called it, to going over to Theo's where it's new, where it's fresh, and it's completely different. And I said, oh my God, I mean, <laughs> that's what we've come down to, this? I mean, just this alone? So over the years, Cues that went through more changes. Um, the bar went through more changes. It went from being a bar to a club. It went from being a club to a, to a gay bar. It went back to being a bar and everything else. It went through all these changes. And then I remember something about, I think it turned into, um, I think the last time I walked into that place, was back in 2012, and I remember, I think Killamore performed, and I think the Periwinkle Massacre had performed with them at the time. I think it was Fire, uh, Fire and Ice, or Fire and, it was Fire and something, because uh, Q's was drastically gone, and I remember walking in to that place in 2000, I think it was 2010 or 11, and it it just, it wasn't the same because, like, it told me, why am I here, you know? And even though I would see these, I think Mike Terror was playing that night as well. I remember Mike Terror, Kilimora, and the Periwinkle Massacre playing on stage, right? And it was in the other room on that time. And it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. And... Cues would never be the same, and all of a sudden, 
more buyouts, more management changes. And now when you go over to Q's, it's now, it's a restaurant now. It's kind of, it's kind of a restaurant slash bar, which that's what it was originally when it first came to Q's, uh, what first came to Q's when it first came to Buckets. So yeah, it was a disaster. Um, so I, I didn't think 2003 was going to be the year that I would go from being a part of Q's to being a part of Theo's. But who would have known that Theo's would be the new home for the main event? And who would have ever thought that Q's was the last year I would ever be a part of it? And its history would die just like that. Rest in peace, Q's. So it wouldn't be right if I didn't mention the staff. <laughs> it wouldn't be right if I did not mention any of the staff. So I must completely apologize at this time for not recognizing recognizing the current members that are over there at Rich's Billiards that, that have been working there for a while right now. So uh, I think I may have mentioned a couple of names. I know Lynn... Uh, Lindsay, I think, used to work over there. And I think there were a couple of others I was trying to remember that that used to work there. Um, uh, the one that currently that is working... I know April works behind the bar. And, of course, Candy. She runs... She's behind the bar as well. Every, t- every time I see Candy, the first thing that comes to my head is... She, she, she kind of reminds... She, she reminds me of two people. One is Alex Gracia. And the other is Gigi Doylin. Now I'm one. I'm betting she's wondering who the fuck are these bitches. Uh, <laughs> one is a current NXT superstar. Uh, she's currently in a storyline with a girl named JC. They used to be a part of a group known as Toxic Attraction, and um, Gigi, of course, is uh, the one with the orange hair. You know, kind of you know looks extremely attractive and everything. And she looks exactly like Candy. If Candy had a mean attitude, you know, but it wouldn't surprise me if she did have a mean attitude. The other one is Alex Gracia. Uh, she is in the independent circuit. Uh, she had wrestled here, uh, Corpus Christi, a couple of times. She had wrestled at Ring of Honor. She had wrestled in AEW a little bit. And uh, she is currently, I believe she is involved in a relationship with AEW stars uh, Scorpio Sky, right? So... Uh, just imagine Candy with pink hair, okay? Just imagine that. And and they kind of both have an engaging smile, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's why that's why Candy reminds me a little bit more. And I think she's a wrestling fan in her own right. She's not bigger than me, but that's fine. You know, that's the way it goes. But uh, nonetheless, you know, uh, Candy is um, uh, doing a real good job, her in April, over, over at um, Rich's Billiards. But... I'm more focused on the past of the people that that have done a lot of stuff over there over the years. Uh, And and it wouldn't be right if I didn't think about Richard at this point because he was one of the guys that uh, started the whole thing. I think that originally, to remember this, the bar was under, uh, I believe it was, the name was Theo's a long time ago. And it was run by, um, I think Theo was the one that ran it. And then I think he sold it 
I think he sold Theos to... If I'm not mistaken, I think he sold it to Carl. And then Carl had sold it to Richard. And then Richard, you know, it's it's one of those, one of those type of things that I know quite well that, that kind of stick in and stick out. But it wouldn't be right if I didn't mention Richard. Um, Richard have, has always gotten my support in every way possible. You know, uh, he has had, uh, he has done some good work with Theo's. Uh, he had had deals for a while. It was taken away from him somehow. And then he had lost it in 2009 and gained it back in 2010 and was trying to refurnish deals at that time. And deals was looking uh, a lot better. That's when I made my return right back to deals at the time. Uh, I think um, Richard had, had tried to change the place in every way possible. And he had done so by not only having some live performances but he has also tried to um you know do like several dance shows of course he recently done the taylor swift dance mix and a dance party which was this past uh, saturday uh my thought was okay where the fuck did this idea come from and why did he pull it together but i heard it was a pretty good turnout so um kudos to uh Richard for pulling that off. The other thing that I found funny was um, there's a current, there's currently this event that's happening called uh, I guess the Sock Hop or something like that that's supposed to happen on the 17th. Now I was actually in a, in, as, as this podcast being being done, I was actually supposed to be there on the 17th because I wanted to celebrate my 20th anniversary because I couldn't do it on Tuesday because I'm going to be working and a bunch of other stuff and I'm going to be doing a bunch of other things the next day. So I may still go, but I may still go for the time being and then after that I take off because there's no way in hell I'm joining some sort of sock op that's going to put my socks up to here, my glasses way up here, and I don't feel like singing Grease songs, okay? Not happening, okay? No way, no how, never. I don't mind 50s music if it's done by my brother, but that's a whole different story. Uh, I think Richard has done a tremendous job, you know, putting together these events. He had changed Theo's many times before. Um, he had changed it into a club. He had changed it into look like a strip club in certain ways. And then he also tried to change it. I tried to get, he tried to get multiple bars around the place. And I, and I understand why he did it. But I guess that didn't turn out so well, so he changed that up. Uh, he also had, um, and this is something that I, I don't want to, I, I don't really want to talk about this part of the subject, but, um, the time when Riches was 24 seven, when it was 24 seven, which I thought in hindsight, I thought the bar would be open 24 seven. That's what everyone's mindset was. Like, 20, it's open 24-7. Fuck yeah, we can get fucked up. You know, that's what I thought. You know? But instead, uh, once 2 o'clock hits, that's it. We move on. And, uh, of course, uh, that went down. Uh, it was only uh, Rich's Billiards only had it up for... Well, Dio's had it up for about 24 hours that entire time, that one year. And then that was it. You know, that was it. And then, of course, came the big change, which was Theo's, you know, Theo's being riches. And that's a discussion for another time. Uh, but uh, to Richard, I, I say to him, thank you. I thank him for 
not only elevating uh, Theos for what it is, but continue to come up with innovative stuff every single time. And this is, and it's nothing new. I mean, he always brings in something extremely special. He's always been a, a, a guy that, you know, wants to, you know, do something for the community in any way possible. He wants to get all of the the friends he has. And, and, and trust me, I, mean, I'm, I, I can consider myself a friend of his in every way possible. Now, I will still continue supporting this bar, even if they do some stupid stuff. <laughs> it's kind of like WWE wrestling. You know the shit's going to be good, but you know it's going to go horribly wrong at the end. You know, that's how it goes. <laughs> um, uh, besides Richard, there were other people that I'd like to acknowledge here because um, we're talking about uh, waitresses and uh, bartenders and staff that have been there. Um, uh, obviously, i got to think about uh, Brian Sherman. you got to think about him. Every single time I see Brian, I've not seen Brian Sherman in a long, long time, but when he used to be at Theo's a long time ago, um, he was the guy, he was the guy that uh, I like talking to him, I like drinking a beer with him, I like taking a shot with him. It was always me, him, and, and Hector, and we would always take shots together and have ourselves a real good time. And sometimes Eric would uh, come by and join in on the festivities from time to time, Eric Wendell. Eric, who, who reminds me a lot like John Morrison because of the hair and because of how he looked and everything, you know? It was um, incredible at that time. Um, I, every time. Every time I would see Jason Witten, that's who comes to mind, Brian Sherman. <laughs> every single time. Other bartenders that should be acknowledged is uh, Bruce. Bruce Almighty. Um, Bruce, uh, another old school player who um, who had bar- who was one of the uh, when it comes to bartending skills, when it comes to him being the best, nobody can do it better than him. Nobody can do it better than him. I don't care what anyone says. He was a damn good bartender. You know, loved his stuff. We took shots together. You know, same thing with him. You know, he always loved good music and everything. And he was always lined together with uh, Jeremy. Jeremy, another favorite bartender of mine, he, re- he reminds me, Jeremy would remind me a lot like um, this wrestler I know named Chris Hero, right? Chris Hero, who would later become, um, I believe he was called, it was Chris Hero, but he would be called, um, oh no, um, not Sonny, oh no, <laughs> no, not that. Uh, he he reminded me of this wrestler, because because Chris here was a name, but he all, he would also call himself um, Cassius uh, Cassius Ono, Cassius Ono. That's who it was. <coughs> he was a simply a phenomenal athlete. But when I saw how he was, how he looked at him with the long hair and everything, as like the first thing he came, hey dude, it's fucking Jeremy on te- on television. You know, <laughs> it's on te- on television every way possible. Uh, let's see, other bartenders that have been there before. Uh, there's some that I will or will not acknowledge. Some that I probably have not seen in a long, long time. I know that, uh, and and I got to mention this uh, Roxanne, who also had uh, played a major role, being in uh, being a bartender as well. You know, she'd been a part of the, she'd been a part of the place for a very, very long time. I always think she still has a uh, a connection to Theo still, even if she doesn't really come around from time to time. Roxanne is. I, I look at her as Lita because she, she kind of looks like Lita. 
She kind of sounds like, she does sound like Lita anytime we talk to her. But she was a very cool person to talk to. One of my closest friends, you know, have known me for a long time and have known Hector and everybody else for a long, long time. Uh, she's doing per, uh, pretty good for herself and I'm very, very proud of her for some of the things that she's been doing. And, um, you know, I'm kind of hoping, and I, and this is just something I don't, you know, I think Roxanne does it every once in a while, not a whole lot, but I'm kind of hoping that one day maybe myself and maybe Hector, maybe, you know, others can get together and, uh, you know, just take a, take a drink, take a shot or two, you know, over at Theo's because it's not often like anytime I go there, uh, like I said, Roxanne don't often come over there, but when we do see each other, uh, you know, we talk, we see each other. <laughs> and then the first day, what were you doing on TV on Monday Night Raw? Hey, I say, hey, check it out. It's Roxanne. It's right there. She's back. <laughs> the other thing that will connect with Roxanne a whole lot, and I'll mention this. I'll mention this right here in the main event. Because it's 20 years. What do you expect me to do? Not talk about it? I had a crush. On this one waitress. There's a lot of waitresses that I've had a crush on over the years. I ain't going to lie. And I know some people are asking themselves, did you ever have a crush on Candy? Well, let's see. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But anyways, um, so I (laughs) will leave that alone for later. Um, I actually, I did have a crush on Roxanne on Roxanne's sister, Rachel. And Rachel, who was a, uh, she was a waitress first before she became a bartender. And uh, I will admit this, you know, I, every time I saw her, she was like, she was one of the reasons that I had not gone to Q's at all. Zero, not a damn thing. And, she was incredible. I mean, she was um, she was one of my very favorite people, and she was also a crush of mine that I've had for a long time. Um, I have uh, remember. I think it was like either Valentine's Day or, or or certain shows or whatever. I had actually bought her like uh, a Valentine's Day gift, you know, just for just to be nice in every way possible. Uh, have I have I ever thought about dating her? Yes, I have. I'm confessing right here. I'm confessing right here. Um, Rachel is um, is still a beautiful woman to this day, you know. And um, even though things with me and her did not go in the, you know, did not come in the cards in every every way possible, I'm very happy for her. I'm very happy for the stuff that she's doing, and uh, she's doing extremely well for herself. I know that her and Roxanne still go out to Vegas from time to time. That's been mentioned uh, around the time. And um, if if I know some people would probably ask me, okay, if 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 you had a crush, who who would be your top? Trust me, Rachel would be at the top of the list. Def- definitely, <laughs> I would not. I, I couldn't think of anybody else better than than Rachel, you know, because she was the one for the main event. She was the one that had the main event eye, and I want to tell her thank you, you know, because you know maybe things between me and her wouldn't would have would have happened or would have never happened. But you know, I ain't gonna forget about her. That's that's for sure. So that will never go away. <laughs> 
Uh, other people, there was one person, uh, another bartender and also someone that used to waitress over there a long time ago. Um, this one, and I don't think she knows that I'm, I have another Facebook. I don't think she knows that, but I think, I think she, I think I have her on, I have her on Instagram, but I don't think I have her on my, my new Facebook. So, um, this one is, uh, Vanessa, right? It was this, uh, she used to be, she was a waitress for, um, Rich's Billiards and then she became the bartender, right? And it was, um, it was pretty cool to, um, have met Vanessa. She is my version of J-Lo. Yes, I'm not kidding. <laughs> every time I would see, um, every time I would see Vanessa, she would remind me a whole lot like J-Lo. I would call her Velo every time for obvious reasons. She was another attractive woman. She was another uh, extremely beautiful woman that, um, you know, has a, has a good head on her shoulders and everything. And she was a very good person to talk to. She was also one of the coolest people I've ever met and everything. So, you know, I if somebody can tell her that Furman has tried a friend request you, uh, he, he is still alive in every way possible. So, yeah. Yeah, Vanessa's one person that I'll never forget. There must have been... I know Brandy was the one that brought me in. And, and I got to acknowledge her first before I move on to the next thing. Brandy, who brought me into Theo's a long time ago... In February of 14th of 2003, she was the one responsible for bringing, bringing me along. Now, Brandy was a friend of mine and also another person I had a crush on. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, she was a, another good person and someone else that has a good head on her shoulders. Uh, she's doing good, very, very well for herself and everything. Um, I believe she does photography now and she does all this wildlife stuff and uh it looks incredible you know uh and i don't think she knows that i have a new facebook either so if anybody can contact her um get a hold of her if you can um uh brandy is the biggest reason that um that i'm part of riches today you know she's she's played a major role in it and besides brandy um I, there must have been, boy, maybe three or four brandies after her. You know, I, I know one was real skinny, and I, 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 she was pretty. She was attractive, but she was skinny. I mean, I think I think some people may know who she is. She was so skinny. I feel like just picking her up and throwing her across the room and watch her head hit the wall. She was that skinny. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not making fun of it, and I'm sorry. I apologize for that, but, you know, come on. She was skinny. What are you, what are you? Um, there must have been one, two, three, maybe four Britneys that I can recall. Uh, I know two of them are friends with me on Facebook right now, um, and they used to work for Rich's Billiards a long time ago. Um... 
don't know what they cur- uh, currently are doing right now. I know that um, I think they're both married. I know one of them has a. Um, I think both of them have uh, a family, children, and everything else like that. And um, once again, just like the rest, I'm very, very happy for all of them, and I'm very, very happy for this for the success that they've had. And I'm hoping that they're doing extremely well for themselves. So, um, another person that I would like to add to the list here of many, of many staff members, um, uh, I, I, I gotta add Neva. I gotta add, I gotta add Neva to the list here because, um, she was someone that, um, she was, they, they call her Aunt Aunt, ne- uh, Aunt Neva. And I understood why. And I think Neva, she's in the, uh, she is in the same league as me because she knows a few friends of mine that know who, who she is and everything else like that and yada, yada, yada. Uh, she was also another cool waitress, that uh, cool bartender that worked over there. And she was that one bartender who was not only someone that that can tell you, you know, that can have a good time and, you know, can talk straight with you, even if it's in Mexican. Look, if you don't understand a word she says, you're fucked, all right? I understood everything she said, and I don't speak Spanish that much. And I grew up with a, and I grew up with a mother who spoke a whole lot of Spanish, you know? But, yeah, her, her and Candy have always made the perfect duo. They've always made the perfect duo in every way possible. And that never changed, you know? I've always felt there were certain duos that fit, certain duos that worked out. Um, I always felt like Bruce and Jeremy were the perfect tag team as far as bartending goes. I think Neva and Candy were perfect together. Uh, as it, uh, Brian Sherman, Brian Sherman and Eric Wendell, those two were perfect together. Uh, oh, and you know what? And uh, it's been a while, and uh, he's one bartender that I definitely need to acknowledge him in every way possible. Um, Glenn, I think I don't know if that name rings a bell, uh, but Glenn, who used to bartend for Theo's a long time ago, and uh, who would also, I think he had. Uh, he had bartended over at a club downtown somewhere. And I remember seeing him. I've not seen him in a long, long time. And I think he's married to one of the waitresses that used to work at Theo's. And, I, you know, she's this incredibly beautiful blonde. Just imagine Pamela Anderson in that way, okay? Just that will ring a bell in certain ways. But, yeah, Glenn, um, very good friend of mine. Uh, I miss that guy. He was a damn good bartender. He was one of the coolest bartenders I've ever been around. And he was someone that definitely kept things in order when it came to bartending over at Rich's. Um, uh, one other, um, there's several more that I can think of that that have uh, did the bar over the... And, and you know something? Um, one person that uh that I will acknowledge and um and she did play a major role in me coming back and she was someone that was um 
not only someone that um, I helped, but also someone that, that I guess learned the game real quick. And she did it extremely well. And I'm talking about Jasmine Ortiz. Uh, Jasmine, who had worked as a, um, she worked as a waitress first a long time ago. And I had helped her out every step of the way, right? I had helped her out, and she was one of the waitresses that I was not only fond of, but I also was, you know, I had her back for every everything she did, everything that she did wrong. Well, not she did wrong, but every time somebody did wrong and she would, you know, tell me who it is. So... There are certain waitresses that that I feel that I'm glad I'm no, nowhere near who they are. And they've even done some bad things and everything. And I didn't want anything bad to happen to Jazz. I didn't want anything bad to happen to her at all. She went from being a waitress to being a bartender. And she was a damn good bartender. She came from Chicago, you know. And it was great. And, and all the times, the funny thing with Jazz... And I sometimes I always feel like I should tell her this. She reminds me a lot like Paige or Soraya from AEW. You know, if you remember, if you remember a wrestler named Paige, if you remember uh, Soraya from AEW, that's the same person. She's exactly like, you know, like her. You know, I believe they're both the same age. Uh, both look beautiful. Every possible. I used to call her my sexy little kitty cat because she looked like a kitty cat. And I remember a few times where I would see Richard, you know, I think Richard would have like a string or something like that. And Jazz would start jumping up trying to get the string like a cat, you know, like a little kitty cat, which is pretty funny. Um, Jazz was one of the reasons that I came back to Rich's Billiards when I was when I was away for a long, long time. Because when I found out she was fired, um, I wasn't too happy with that. I didn't tell them. I didn't tell them that, but I was really upset about about that. And I just slowly kind of took a step away. And then when I found out that she came back, that's when I came back, you know. And everything started blending in from here on out. Uh, you know... That that was uh, something that um, I, th- I don't think anybody knows, but uh, they know about it now, everything. Um, I There are a couple of people that I, I'd like to acknowledge here also. Um, it wouldn't be right if I didn't acknowledge Headbanger Incorporated Set of Security, the A-Train himself, Aran Pena, who has been the door guy for Riches for quite a while. He has... Um, I came up with the name the A-Train for him for obvious reasons. Number one, he's a big man. He's a very big man. Number two, he beats the drums. That's why I call him the A-Train, because he'll beat your ass for anything if he turn cross-eyes on him or something like that. And um, Adan is in uh, the same level with uh, with myself and with Hector, with... John Luna and everybody else, but we're all in the same musical type spell because, you know, they're all great musicians. They all 
we all hang out, we all drink beer, we all, you know, jam out to the same music and everything, and it's cool. And every time I would see the A-Train, I would go ahead and put on the best music possible. I've always done it every way possible, and he likes it. Besides the door guys, and, and besides one, there's one that uh, I'd like to mention, but I want to save that that one for last, and I think it's extremely important for everyone to acknowledge this door guy. There have been several door guys over the years that have um, worked the place. I, I remember the first one that I saw was um, someone that I currently work with. His name is Dale. Dale, who used to, um, used to be the door guy here a long time ago when it was Theo's. And he currently works at a glass place. And he, uh, I believe he lives in the Bluff. I believe that's where he lives at right now. And he was the first door guy of our kind. There have been several door guys. And uh, like I said, there's a, a couple that I can remember, a couple I can recognize, and a couple I wish I can remember. But, um, you know, if I knew, if I, you know, like I said, I, I'm apologizing if I don't know the entire staff, but... You know, I just want to acknowledge them for that. I just want to acknowledge all these people, every single person that worked over at Rich's Billiards, whether you're a bartender, whether you're a uh, door guy, whether you're a waitress, it don't matter. I mean, you're you're going to get my full acknowledgement in every way possible. And they don't get the appreciation from a whole lot of people. Well, they'll definitely get an appreciation from me because they know when I walk in, I sometimes I create a party, sometimes I create a disaster, sometimes I create things that will just live in infamy for a long, long time. So I just want to tell every waitress, every bartender, everyone from the past, the present, and future, you guys mean a whole lot to this place. And you definitely mean a whole lot to me. And for that, the main event would like to acknowledge all of you and say to all of you, thank you. Thank you all. The past, the present, and the future. Thank you for all of your contributions to Rich's Billiards. And I know sometimes you don't get the appreciation that you deserve. But right here in the Main Event Talk Podcast, you're going to get it from me. And you're going to get it from me every single time. And every single time you see me walk into that bar, you know things are going to turn up a whole high level. And it's always a pack full of excitement. And for that, I thank you all. And guys, thank you for serving the Main Event. And thank you for doing it for the past 20 years.
If you guys have any questions in regard to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Listen for your question right here on the main event talk podcast, and it could be any question that you want whether it's anything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling to anything new in music or anything about possibly politics, even though I really don't get into politics that much anyway, or anything about current events or anything about the Transformers or any kind of new metal music that you like to talk about or anything in particular, even if it's a bit personal. The main event would love to go ahead and put that email out for everyone to listen to. So once again, my email address is the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com and listen for that question right here on the main event talk podcast so with cues out of the way the door now is open for me to enter into riches it, it well theo's <laughs> i've kept saying theo's over riches over and over again it's incredible um but yeah i i would now go full Theo's mode from here on out. I would never go back. I would never go back to Q's at all because of the changes that took place. So, I had kept coming to uh, Theo's for the past few years at that time. 2003 was the end. 2004, 5, 6, and 7 and 8 would definitely be those years that I would still be a part of that place. I would still be a part of Theo's in every way possible. And it was still, Theo's was still the place. And I had never had any, I had never had any time to go back to Q's because I didn't want to know what happened, what took place. So uh, several things have happened. Uh, several bartenders have changed. Uh, several of the staff has changed, but I was the constant. I was always a constant that showed up over there every time. And um, one of the things that uh, that stick out the most for me, what happened to be at the end of 2000 and 2009. So <clears throat> <coughs> this one's a bit of a personal story, so. It kind of connects when you think about it. So, December seven, December 16th, 2007, I had lost a best friend. I had lost my best friend, Adam Medina Ramos, in an accident. A hit-and-run accident, which he had survived, at least for that brief moment, until... It was too late. That was in 2007. Now, two years prior to that, something else died. Riches. At that time, I didn't know it, and I had several people come to me and tell me that Theo's was done. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You can't be serious. And 
this was one of those things where it was hard. Um, because even though I came to that place, uh, you know, drank beer and had myself a good time in that place, this is a moment where this place would be taken away from me. And it was tough. It was very, very tough. So around December 16th of 2009, it would be the last time I would walk into that place again, right? So I'm having like all of these flashbacks at that time. I was thinking about cues, right? And I was afraid of going back to that place because I didn't know how the place was going to be. So then, um, right around the time, um, the last time when I was in, in there, when it was Theo's, this was when Richard was not running the bar, not running the place at the time. I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought he still running. But that last moment, I think it was on a Wednesday, December 16th, um, the bar closed at 12 o'clock. Everything shut down. And the only people that were there were just the, the regulars and myself because it was going to be the last time we we closed. Yeah. I ran the jukebox the way I wanted to, like I always have. Uh, I think I remember my friend Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence used to... Uh, an, old, uh, an old elementary school friend who also used to be... Uh, someone that used to live down the street from me um, was there behind the bar and uh, I remember Dennis Chapa being there and his wife at the time or his girlfriend or whichever, whichever came first <coughs> I think Rachel and Roxanne were there I think also if I'm not mistaken it was an incredible night um, we all said goodbye to each other we all didn't know where the future hold. And I still remember having the beer mug in my hand that Roxanne gave me, along with a six-pack of Michelolgers. That was pretty good. Everybody had left. It was already 12, 1 o'clock. I think we were done. And as soon as everybody left, this was something that I still remember, and I still think about it to this day. That night, I thought about Adam because of his passing that happened two years ago. But this was taken away from me. I had my best friend taken away from me two years ago. Now this bar is being taken away from me. And I was not... I didn't believe it for some odd reason. I didn't believe it. So, I remember driving in my Mustang, and I remember heading over there, and I just remember looking at the bar. I looked at, I was outside of Theo's, this was already past 2, 3 o'clock, right, in the morning, and I'm there just looking at Theo's, just looking at the sign itself. Something in my head was telling me it's not over. It's not done. And <clears throat> I didn't know what to expect. And it, and it was on me for a while. It was on me for that long while. I remember, I remember the Christmas party that I was invited to at Hector's house. And I know Roxanne was there. 
I remember Roxanne was telling me there was a good chance that Theo's could be open again. And there was that hope. There was that hope. And I was, are you kidding me? This is a, this is a joke, right? And Roxanne was telling me that the reason why the place was closed down was because, was because number one, I guess uh, Richard was going to buy it back. And Richard was also going to try and renovate the place and completely redo it in his own vision, in his own right. So that was the part where, even though it was taken away from me that time, it would come back. The hardest part for me was in 2010, I was trying to come around several places to find that one spot. I tried to go over to a place called, I think it was Rack Daddy's at the time. It didn't fit. It didn't work. I went to Murdoch's at the time. Didn't fit. Didn't work. The environment wasn't right. I think I remember there was um, another place. I forgot what it was called, but it used to be right there by by uh, Chuck E. Cheese, right? On Staples. That was another place to hang out with, but it didn't fit. None of those places had that environment that you that you dig with with Rich's Billiards, right? It because for me it's important to know that when you enter a bar, look, to every other person a bar is a bar. You walk in, you drink a beer, you take a shot, you leave, you go to the next bar, yada yada yada. Look, that's how everyone does it. For me, I can do that too, but I want one place, one spot, one hangout that I can call my own. That's why I wanted this place. And when I was given hope that Theo's would come back, I was not going to go to any other place but there. And right around the time, I think it was right before 4th of July, I believe, Theo's would reopen once again. And I remember I was getting into Facebook for the first time. And I had everybody, uh, I was getting into Facebook for the first time at that time. And I had everyone tell me the same thing. Hey, did you know Theo's is back? Hey, did you know Theo's is back? Hey, Theo's is back, Furman. Hey, we all want you to come back and everything. It's always uh, that. And that was that vibe. And I wanted to come back. I wanted to come back so bad. But I wasn't ready yet. <laughs> I wasn't ready yet. And then I decided, I think it's time, you know, after, you know, being away from that place for the past few months, I came back right around, I think it was before July, July 4th, 2010. It was, it felt right. When I walked in, it felt the same. It was different because of what I was looking at, but it felt different. It felt different. That was the thing. The environment was the same. The atmosphere was the same, but everything looked different. I can't get it from any other place but Theo's. So since that time... You know, I had uh, came in and 
4th of July was uh, incredible. And then came, um, then came July 16th of 2010. Um, it was my birthday. It was Mondo's birthday. And it would be the very first time that um, uh, the Periwinkle Massacre would perform over at Theo's. And it would be one of the most spectacular shows, one of the best shows ever that took place at that point in time. I still remember seeing seeing Hector, seeing Saul, uh, not Saul, sorry, seeing Hector, seeing John Luna, seeing everybody on stage performing. Well, at the time, there really wasn't a stage, if anybody remember that. It wasn't a stage, it was more like, you know, what they had set up. They hadn't had a stage yet until about a couple of a couple of months down the road later, you know. So this would be the first of many shows that the Periwinkle Massacre would be a part of. And I think they are, and if memory serves me correctly, this was the first time that a band of Periwinkle Massacre's stature would perform over at Theos. They they and and a lot of people don't give them credit for this. They give, they gave the standard bearer for Theo's for all performers, and it wasn't just bands like the Periwinkle Massacre. There will be other bands like Shattered Sun would show up, This Dying Dream would show up, uh, Te- Texas Hate Machine would show up, um, Leoric would show up. Uh, Kilimora would show up. There were several awesome local bands that came around that scene and really made Theo's what it was. That that birthday was very, very special for the Periwinkle Massacre. It was special for myself. It was special for Mondo because it was his birthday as well. And it was great. It was great in several ways. Um, one thing... The one thing that I will like about that event, I was off the next day because I was supposed to go to work on the weekend, but I was going to have the weekend off because it was my birthday, right? So I decided, screw it. I was going to go ahead and, you know, go over and check out the show. I checked out the show. It was there. One thing that happened over that night was uh, an appearance of an old friend named Erlinda Vargas. And she was another woman that I had a crush on. Yes. I I admit that. Erlinda was this very crazy chick, but was very extremely beautiful. You know, she was like, and I'll put this in, in this levels. She was in the level of, of Stephanie. And she was in the level of other, other girls besides that. But she was a bit, she was a bit higher, but she was someone that I had invited her to the show. Right, and I invited her through Facebook, and I didn't think she would show until she arrived. Right, she showed up. I was like, "Oh my god!" And you know how you have this mental picture in your head, and you see this one girl out of everyone in the crowd, and you say, "My God, that's the one," you know. And my thought was, I, you know, like every other guy, I mean, that's the one I want tonight. <laughs> and I, I. And I'll be honest, I, I know some people, you know, if I, if I say this, I, I know some people think I'm lying. I wasn't going to get laid with Erlinda. And I know some guys have said, yes, you were, yes, you were. I thought about it. But 
I just wanted to have a talk with her, conversate with her, be cool with her and everything. I still have the picture of me and her uh, over at Theo's. And I think Richard was the one that took the picture when we were there. Um, I was with her. I was wearing my Dallas Cowboy jersey. Uh, I remember having the white hat on and everything. And she looked extremely beautiful and everything. And that was one of my favorite pics of them all. And during that time, I, I know me and Early have hanged out a few times during that time. And uh, it was good seeing her. It was, you know, the night was good with the Periwinkle Massacre. My birthday was awesome. Having her there was even better. You know? <clears throat> it made everything special at that time. It was incredible. So for the past few months... Uh, Richard's Billiards would go through several transformations. Um, I was there for several of the things that happened in 2011 and 12. Uh, several big shows would happen at Richard's Billiards. Uh, several big concerts. Uh, the ones I remember the most would be, uh, I know Adima had shown up at Rich's uh, along with the, at that time, the Periwinkle Massacre and the Labeling Theory, because they played there. Uh, Taproot had played over at Rich's Billiards, and that was incredible in itself. Um, also, I think, I know Norma Jean played there. Saliva had played there. Straight Line Stitched had played there many, many times before. There were several incredible performances that took place at Rich's Billiards, and <clears throat> it doesn't get it doesn't get recognized that much by a whole lot of people, but someone like me comes along and <coughs> decides, hey, we're gonna we're gonna change this up in every way possible. You know? They need to be acknowledged and I gotta put it out there for everyone to do. You know? I used to have a little show called the Main Event Talk on YouTube. Now I think those videos are still up and running right now on YouTube. You could probably find it. And I have talked about several of the shows that I've been a part of. Besides wrestling, I've always talked about several of the things that happened at Theo's. All those events. Um, uh, Shattered Sun had played there many times before. Um, I think, uh, just to try to remember, I think uh, the Killamora has played there a couple of times, but I know they've also. I thought, I think Screwface has played at Theo's, if I'm not mistaken. Free State, not not the not the original three, but Free State had actually performed over there. I think it was the five piece band that featured John Luna behind the drums. Renee was a singer. Hector was a singer and guitarist at the time. Um... I think Soul played bass. I think Matt Wood played guitar. I was trying to remember. They were trying to reform the Free State at the time. This was the third version. The first one was back in 2001. Uh, the second one was, I think, 2002, 2003. And then out came this one that came in 2011 and 12, which was incredible, which was great. And, um, you know, it's it's hard to see... It's really hard to see bands like this uh, perform on stage, and you don't really see them that much anymore. I had remembered, with with everything that happened, uh, with Theo's back up and running, I think it was either 2016 or 17, where the bar, uh, where the bar had got rid of the stage. And my head exploded when I heard that. 
when I heard that we're getting rid of the stage, my thought was, why? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you get rid of the stage? And they got rid of the stage because, I, I don't know, I guess um, they didn't bring in any performers. They, there was a bunch of drama and controversy and all sorts of other stuff and everything. So Theo's would change in, you know, from being a concert venue to now having a... They, they've had several dance shows and everything, which those were okay. I was a part of those, but they didn't really... Nah, I couldn't. It just... Nah, it didn't work. And Theo's would go through this evolution. This evolution of changes. Uh, they would get rid of the concert. They would become it would become a club a little bit it would kind of look like a club from one side of the venue and then it would look like a strip club the following maybe the following few months you know because i would see everything change before my eyes the pool tables all of them changed out which was good in their part also they had moved the jukebox from here to there to there to here and the jukebox had got a complete update and everything <clears throat> And, you know, of course, I'm the one that always runs the show in every way possible when it comes to the jukebox, and that would be it. The ultimate change that took place was the one where it became 24-7, you know, and <clears throat> I was very skeptical of the 24-7 deal, but it was once again another idea that needed to happen because it had never been done before. But Rich's Billiards wasn't open for 24-7 because of drinking more beer and everything. Because if this was if this was in Las Vegas, I guarantee you, you could still drink 24-7. You could still drink over that. Or maybe in New York, maybe one of those. But at Theo's, I thought you would get that. But instead, uh, the bar still, still closed as far as the alcohol goes. But they would still be open because of the slots. And they had the slots over there. And Richard had had a part in it. And somebody else played a part in it, which I um, <clears throat> I admit I was a bit on board, but not a whole lot. And it was uh, up on that point where <clears throat> they had Richard's Billiards uh, open 24-7 for about a year. And I I heard some stories. I found out some stuff. And I guess the partnership was over. And it was the right call because there was no need to be, be in cahoots with this guy if he was doing something completely that was against everything that Richard stands for or Theo stands for. So it went back to being just regular... Theos, you know, back to being what it is and everything, which I was fine with. But then would come the ultimate change. And Richard has always changed everything about the bar. He would try to change the venue. He would try to change the concert. He would try to make it look like a club, look like this, look like that. And he tried to change everything around for Theos every single time. And he did. And it looked good. I liked it. Even when you had the slot machines there. But the one change that would kind of get me on edge 
was what happened in 2019. And it's a moment that I still think about I'll never forget. You know, Theos died in 2019 and 2009 and came back to life in 2010. It went through several changes over the past few years. But now Theos is going to experience something that that I hated, that I despised, and I and it's something I I never want to happen, but I'm hoping one day we can get it back. Despite every change that that bar went through, it was going to go through the ultimate change. From Theo's to riches. And that's something that I, that it just didn't sit well with me after that. So earlier I mentioned about, you know, several bands that have uh, performed over at uh, Rich's Billiards, so Theo slash Rich's Billiards. Um, and there are a lot of, a lot of bands that have performed over there that once again, just like, just like when I acknowledge the, um, the bartenders, the waitresses, all the people that have shown up over there. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and take this opportunity to acknowledge every band and every person that's shown up over at Rich's Billiards that has really brought something to the table. And uh, you can't begin the whole band thing without uh, thinking about uh, the first band on the list would definitely be the Periwinkle Massacre. They were the first that I think really brought something to the table at Rich's for the first time. At that time, uh, around my birthday in 2010, uh, unless, I'm, unless I'm mistaken, I think uh, the Periwinkle Massacre was the only band that I know of that I think started something special. Now, with all due respect to places like Zeros and the House of Rock and everything, I'm sure that they've had plenty of bands that have shown up over there. Uh, of course, we know Zeros is uh, you know one of the most legendary clubs that have ever been around in Corpus, and of course we know about what happened to it. Um, <clears throat> Theo's had started that whole trend again, but this time you know with the Periwinkle Massacre involved. And then there were other bands after that. Uh, the labeling theory played at uh, Rich's. Uh, you know, you can't uh, you can't think about uh, Theo's without thinking about Kilimora. Uh, Kilimora, uh, Tony Gomez, who you know fronted that band and everything, and he's done several projects, including uh, Vulgar Display of Power, uh, Headbangers Pit, and Fistful of Metal. And uh, Tony has done uh, a lot of tremendous work. Of course, we know Tony from the Tony Gomez Show. Uh, if you guys listen to his podcast, uh, I call him the Pit Podcaster because he is just that and everything. And he has interviewed some of the uh, some of the best musicians around, not just uh, here in Corpus, but several that have uh, that uh, he has done. That is uh, pretty incredible. I, I get a chance to listen to it every single time. Uh, the show's incredible. The show's incredible. There have been several bands besides besides several of the projects that uh, Tony had uh, become a part of, uh, and this is going to be a shock to everybody. Uh, Texas Hate Machine, um, <clears throat> they had performed at Ridges Billiard several times as well. Uh, Leoric had performed there. This Dying Dream had performed over there. Um, 
uh, I think uh, Immortal Guardians, I believe, had uh, had uh, played over there as well. I know that uh, Memories in a Broken Glass had performed over there as well. Uh, Mariachi Muertos had performed there. Uh, Shattered Sun, of course, had performed over there. Uh, Adima, you know, they're not a local act, but uh, they're a name that you know quite well. They performed over there at uh, Rich's Billiards, I think not once, but twice, if I'm not mistaken. Um, also, uh, Taproot had played there. Twelve Stones had played there. Saliva as well. Uh, <coughs> uh, there have been several acts that uh, I'm aware of that have played there. Um, Norma Jean had played there. Uh, Straight Line Stitch. Uh, definitely Straight Line Stitch has performed over there as well. Of course, Free State had played there as well. Um, Knife Party Tribute to Deftones. You know, you can't uh, forget them. Of Serpents and Saviors had performed there uh, at the stage as well. <clears throat> And also, uh, and and we also have to acknowledge this as well. Earlier, I talked about Richard, and I talked about him being a part of uh, Richard's Village for quite a while. You know, he owned it. Uh, it wouldn't be right if I didn't mention uh, Shadow of a Giants. You know, because they they played there as uh, well. Um, uh, Eddie's band, I, and uh, within the skies of wrath, I think that's who they uh, they are and everything. There was another band. There, there are several bands that have performed at Richard's Billiards over the years, and um, it's been incredible. And there's, um, like I said, there's a list of many that have never really. Uh, performed. I think I mentioned Straight Line Stitch um, on here. Also, I know I know Straight Line Stitch has performed at Rich's a total of three times, if I remember that correctly. Uh, I have uh, actually have several recordings live out on YouTube that um, that I put together a long, long time ago. So you might you might be able to find that in every way possible. Um, those bands had performed there. Um, I believe uh, there, there's there's several other bands that um, that uh, that love to acknowledge and everything. If I could put it all together, and if I had the list, I would go ahead and tell each and every one of those bands that have performed at Richard's Billiards in the past 20 years, actually in the past 10 years, because even though I have been coming to Theo's since 2003, several bands at that time in that era performed for over 10 years. So when you think about it, well, well, probably 12 years to be exact, because the whole thing started in 2010 and we're in 2023, so that's been over 12, 13 years of all of these amazing artists that have performed over the years, uh, and also and, and also um, and just to go ahead and acknowledge this part also, um, Tony's Twisted Christmas that came to Corpus I think not once but twice, and uh, I was lucky enough to host that event that featured several of the best musicians in in all of Corpus Christi, you know, to get that rolling. And um, and also wouldn't be right if I didn't mention uh, Emo Night. Uh, I always felt Emo Night is still the most spectacular show that they've ever put together over at Riches. Um, I have been a part of it for about a year and a half now, and uh, every year it gets spectacular. Every year it gets awesome because it's basically like walking into a dance club. But instead of listening to hip hop and R and B, you're listening to, you know, alternative punk, rock, metal, uh, 
punk metal and all this stuff and it is uh it's good music i mean it's still metal in certain ways but it's it's something that brings in uh brings in the audience and when you listen when you're in this emo night event and when you hear this crowd singing chanting and all that it's like you're almost a part of a wrestling show where I've seen wrestling fans always, they sing along to something or they chant along to something and it's just incredible. You hear that at Emo Night and it and it's one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen that has taken place at, uh, at Rich's Billiards over the years. So to all those bands, to Emo Night, to Killamora, to The Stein Dream, uh, of Serpents and Saviors, uh, Knife Party, a tribute to Deftones, um, The Labeling Theory, Edema, the Periwinkle Massacre, every single band, every single person that has been a part of this, um, you know, whether you like it or not, I mean, you guys are, you guys are well recognized by me because there are a lot of local acts out there that I think deserve a lot of attention. And, it, and I, I think it's good that the House of Rock and and places like um, the Black Malt Tavern and um, boo- boozers, you know, would get this, but I sometimes wish that Theos could get right back into the whole metal scene because, the, and, and let's face it, I, I like seeing more acts over there to perform at Rich's Billiards because we still got a lot of acts out there that, that really need, you know, that attention. I know that it would be nice if I would have mentioned the Southern Revival's name if I could, but they've never performed there. They almost came very close to performing, but it never happened. And I'm hoping one day we'll see the uh, we will see the Southern Revival perform at Dios one day. So to all those bands that I've acknowledged here, to every band out there in Corpus Christi, to every band that has ever performed on stage at Dios for over 20 years, the main event wants to go ahead and tell all of you, every band, everyone that's listening to this podcast right now, thank you. Thank you for performing at Rich's Billiards. Thank you for doing all that you can. We support the local scene. We support the music as much as we can. And we hope to continue to support this music every single time. And we hope the future continues with Rich's Billiards and having all of these acts come in. And it's going to be people like myself and the Tony Gomez show that will continue to, you know, talk about bands like this, talk about the past, talk about the present and the future, and, you know, understand that the local music here in Corpus means a lot to me, a lot to me, a lot to Dios, a lot to everyone in Corpus. And for that, the main event says, thank you.
If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Listen for your question right here on the main event talk podcast, and it could be any question that you want whether it's anything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling to anything new in music or anything about possibly politics, even though I really don't get into politics that much anyway, or anything about current events or anything about the Transformers or any kind of new metal music that you like to talk about or anything in particular, even if it's a bit personal. The main event would love to go ahead and put that email out for everyone to listen to. So once again, my email address is the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com and listen for that question right here on the main event talk podcast so this one is going to be a difficult one to um to talk about so um i think it was 2019 i remember um i think i was driving down uh weber right and all of a sudden, I looked at the Theo sign, or at, at least I thought it was a Theo sign. The sign changed, right? So I had heard several things about several changes happening at Theo's. So. I heard that it was going to be 24-7. There was something posted at uh, on the Facebook website or the Facebook page where it was mentioned that um, it was going to go back to 24-7. Uh, several of the slot machines have been moved. And there has been some sort of an altercation that happened between... Richard and this other individual. Now, I know who this individual is, and I, I refuse to mention his name on here because it really doesn't matter. I think there's some people that have an idea of who it is, but I could care less about mentioning this man's name. So, when Theo's changed the name and went to Rich's, I admit that I was I was against it. I really was against it. Because for a long time it was always Theo's. When I first walked into this bar twenty years ago, it was Theo's. When it died in two thousand nine, it was Theo's. When it came back to life, it was still Theo's. When it continued on it was Theo's. When it was 24-7, it was still Theo's. Everything had changed in that bar. Um, from the staff, to the bartenders, to the waitresses. Everything changed. The only thing that was a constant was 
pretty much myself and the name of Theos. And then when it changed to riches, I had a problem with that. So, a lot of people have wanted to know about exactly why it changed from riches. Now, obviously we know why it changed, um, you know, because Richard had ran Theo's for a long time and it never became his own. So when he, when he changed it, he changed it to riches. Now, why the change occurred all had to deal with this same individual. I was really opposed to it. I was opposed to the name change, despite that it belongs to Richard. And I and a few others wanted the name to remain the same. So I remember, and you heard this uh, earlier, I was playing a song called uh, Everything is Wrong from All That Remains. And it fit perfectly with what was going on. So around that time, I used to put stories on my original Facebook page. And I would mention the whole thing about Theo's. And I think um, around that time, I was against it. I didn't like it. And now it present it, it presents something to to myself and to others. That question being, would I still be a part of it? Would I still be a part of Rich's billiards, even though in my heart it's still Theo's? You know, I think it was it was a difficult time for me. I I, I couldn't accept the change. It couldn't. It was one of those things that I had to. I had to pattern through, I had to think about it, I had to really consider, you know, why it had to change the way it did. I think when I last entered that place, it was still Theo's Billiards, and I think it was um, right around, I know it was 2009, and I think it was still at the time when it was 24-7, but when it was out the window, and it turned into riches, that was it, I mean, I didn't... I didn't go in that place. I couldn't step in that place. I didn't know how it was going to be. I mean, was it still going to be the same spot, the same place, the same people, the same bartenders? Is everything going to be changing around? I mean, what what am I expecting? What am I looking for? So I so I stood away, and I didn't say anything about it. I I I did not. I may have mentioned a couple of things on Twitter. It was out there. And it was hard because I didn't, I didn't know how, I didn't know how to behave. I didn't know how to act, you know. And this wasn't, this wasn't something that, that I choose to act on and everything else like that. This was, this was once again the bar being taken away from me. But it wasn't taken away from me, as in, it was going to go out of business and I'm done with it. It's, it's being taken away from me, as in, the name itself, Theo's, you know. So I was making a decision. I was trying to decide what I was going to do. I think this was the year when I first started putting together a podcast. So I may or may have not mentioned about what the future does hold for me in the place. And, you know, what, what happens? I mean, do, do I 
Do I choose to make that step and walk into it? Or do I choose to step back and find something else to do? Because that has, that has always been something that has been weighing heavily on my mind. Because just like what happened in 2009, 2010, I had a difficult decision to make because I was trying to grasp upon going to a different spot, making it my own, you know, just like what I did with Theo's. And even though it came back and everything else like that, I mean, it did feel normal, it did feel right. But now it's a position where the bar is still there, but it's now under, it's still the same management, it's still the same people. The name is different. The name, the, the name is synonymous for what it is. And there's really, it, I, I don't know how to describe it to you. It's just, it, it, kind, it kind of just hit me hard, you know? I didn't know how to think. So, one day, I think um, a couple of months of I think it was a month, actually, two months to be exact, where I decided, okay, I'll give this a chance. I'll, I've, I've already spoke my piece. I've already said what I said. And the question is, you know, when I walk in there, what am I going to do? I mean, I know some people think it's just a fucking bar. That's how, that's how everyone's reaction is. It, it's just a fucking bar. No, to all the common everyday morons out there that want to go ahead and just walk in and say this is a bar, this is a bar, you know? When you walk into a bar, you walk into a bar, you drink, you have a good time, that's it. But that's the thing. You walk into that place, you walk in, you drink, you leave. That's it. That's all you're going to do. You're not giving a shit about the people that were working there. You're not giving a shit about the environment. You're not giving a shit about anything about that place because you're just going to walk into that place leave and then you'll go to another spot the same way you did with this other one i don't want to walk into some bar and leave yeah i mean it's easy to do that no problem but when it's been your spot for a long time you don't go ahead and decide you're going to choose to change and go with something else no you got to find out for yourself whether you walk in to this bar and think, is this right for me? Or should I walk? Should I take a step back and maybe be normal like everybody else? And I detest the word normal because it doesn't rank with me. It really doesn't. There's nothing wrong with being normal, but sometimes you want to oppose that in every way possible. So I decided to walk into that bar. I think it was a Friday. I think it was in September, if I remember that correctly. I walked in. It felt the same. I looked at the spot. It's a lot different than what it was. Jukebox is still there. That's fine. Some of the bartenders look familiar. That's cool. Belly up to the bar, you know, had myself a big ass beer, Michael Ultra, did what I could, had a shot, and 
I just looked around. That's all I did, just looked around, was wondering, you know, does it feel right, or does it work, or, you know. It was weird, because I wasn't, even though I was walking into a place that looked familiar to me, it wasn't Theo's. That was the whole thing, it wasn't Theo's, it was Rich's. You know, and some people will say, well, what's the difference? I mean, it's practically the same bar. Yeah, but not when the name is different. Not when the name is different. That's what bothered me. Because it wasn't Theo's, it was Rich's. So when I walked in, I walked in and I wasn't sure what to feel and what to expect. But I think after some time, I gave it about maybe five, ten minutes. And it was adjusting. So I felt like everything was starting to come back. Everything was pretty clear. And despite that Theo's would be no more, and Rich's would be the new, the new kid on the block... I had made a decision. And that decision was that time I was a part of this place known as Theo's for a long time. I was at a place called Q's years ago. That was a spot for me. And then it changed on me. And then comes Theo's. It would become my bar. Then 2009, Theo's had died on me. But only would come back to life the following few months. Theo's would be the spot. It would be everything to me. Every change, every aspect, everything looked good. And then someone decided to take away the name. Take away the name and then change it. And I was not, I was not happy with that. So when I walked in, I walked in, felt the same, felt right. Even though the name changed, it felt the same. And then after grasping and after thinking about it and making a decision, I said, fuck it. <laughs> it's, an, it's a new spot. It's a, it, was, uh, it was different. It was still the same bar, but it had a different atmosphere to it that I can't say that it's the same. I can't say it's it's everything, but it's it's all I would say it's all about the presentation, okay? Theo's would be no more. And Riches would be the new kid in the block. That would be it. I had supported Theo's for a very long time. 
And that time, I, I, I decided I'm no longer going to support Theo's anymore. Now it's time for Riches to be the new kid on the block. And I want to be one of the guys to step forward and put in this bar in front for everybody to look at. I remember the logo. I remember when I first put the sign out. I didn't put the sign out exactly, but when I started putting together the podcast the first time, this was one of the parts that I remember of the episode. Where I talked about the place and I talked about how different it was. And it was just a different change. But it was a change that, unfortunately, needed to be done. It needed to be done for what it was. So, at that time, I used to I used to call Rich's Billiards, you know, 5815 Weber. And it would have Not Your Average Heroes on it, right? So, I would take it and run with it and go with something that would be different. So, I would go with it and go Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber not your average heroes new name same place and it fit it fit perfectly and every time I would do an episode of the Mayvet Town podcast uh, around that time in 2019 when I was first putting it together I would always say those same words Rich's Billiards 5815 Weber not your average heroes, new name, same place, and that was it. It was a new name, it was the same place, and even though the name may be different, it's still that same vibe, and that was the vibe I was looking for. And there were others that left because of the same reason that I'm feeling. But those same people, some had came back because even though Theo's was no more and Rich is a new deal, they wanted to come by and support Richard because of them, because of it, you know. Theo's had died in 2019, and Riches became the new kid on the block. And myself and others wanted to be a part of that. We wanted to support Richard. We wanted to help him. We wanted to be there. I wanted to go ahead and get this bar off the ground. And with me putting these podcasts together and putting all this down, I said, fuck it. Let's get it rolling. Let's put it out there and let's get it to where it needs to be. It may not be the same, but we will make it the same and we will make it for everyone to enjoy one, one more time. And that's all I could do. So during that time in 2019, it was a while that, you know, (coughs) it took me a while to, you know, fall into play with riches, but it became special. It became the new thing. So Theo's would be gone and now riches billiards would be the new thing happening. It would be the most, it, it would be special beyond special. Theo's for a long time has been that standard bearer and people like myself have always made it a big deal. Now Riches becomes the new kid on the block. Now Riches is my spot. Riches is my home. Riches is my environment. And it's an environment 
that I am never going to let anyone take from me ever again. Well, we've talked about several things that have happened over the past 20 years at Richards Billiards. We've talked about the whole thing with Theo's. We've talked about the whole thing with Rich's, you know, becoming what it is today. We've talked about several of my favorite moments, talked about several of my favorite bands, uh, several things that happened over the years at Rich's Billiards and so forth. Now, there's one other thing we got to talk about. And this is something that uh, I know all of you have been anticipating to wonder. And you've heard several of these commercials, and now you're going to get a chance to hear one more. Now, this is the anticipation that you all have been waiting for. I have put together one brand new Rich's Billiards commercial, and it's going to be out for you all right here. And you're going to hear it from here, uh, from here on out in the next few episodes of the Main Event Talk podcast. So with that being said, guys, let me introduce to you the brand new Rich's Billiards commercial. Hope you all enjoy it. What's going on, everybody? Furman Torres here from the Main Event Talk podcast. And I just wanted to go ahead and tell everyone at Rich's Billiards, thank you. Thank you very much for 20 years of being a part of that bar. And here is to 20 more years of being a part of Rich's Billiards. For the past 20 years, Rich's Billiards was one of the best bars going today. And it still is happening today. Back in the day, it used to be called Theo's a long time ago. Now is Rich's Billiards, and it's still the same place that you know and love quite well. So if you've got nothing to do on any particular day that you're doing right now, why don't you head over to Rich's Billiards and come hang with a couple of friends. Go over and shoot some pool, drink some beer, take some shots, have yourself a good time. Be a part of history in every way that you can. The main event has been a part of Rich's Billiards for the past 20 years, and I plan on continuing to still do the same things that I've been doing for the past 20 years, and this place never, ever gets boring. So, if you guys got nothing to do, head over to Rich's Billiards and check out some of their big events, including Emo Night. They always have a special every single month, and they do it in spectacular fashion, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And if you are a sports fan, if you want to check out the NFL, if you want to check out NBA, if you want to check out wrestling, you want to check out the UFC or boxing, Rich's Billiards is the headquarters of UFC, boxing, and all sorts of sports and entertainment in any way possible. For the past 20 years, the main event has had his fun, and the main event has always run the show in every way possible, and you guys can run the show with me. I just want to say thank you to Richard's Billiards for 20 years, and we will continue that tradition every single time. Richard's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average heroes, the legend continues, and it is also now the bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player, and I approve this message. Oh! 
If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Listen for your question right here on the main event talk podcast, and it could be any question that you want whether it's anything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling to anything new in music or anything about possibly politics, even though I really don't get into politics that much anyway, or anything about current events or anything about the Transformers or any kind of new metal music that you like to talk about or anything in particular, even if it's a bit personal. The main event would love to go ahead and put that email out for everyone to listen to. So once again, my email address is the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com and listen for that question right here on the main event talk podcast so pretty much now with the main event accepting everything that's been happening um you know looking back over at 20 years of everything you know it's been an amazing ride uh i you know you know the thing is um I do wish personally, I mean, even though, even though it's 2023, I do wish that this bar was still Theo's. I, because, you know, I remember I still have the t-shirt that I have that says Theo's Billiards on it and on the back of it says regular. And that t-shirt I've had since 2019 and we're in 2023 right now and I still wear that shirt around. So, you know, over the years, I mean, you know, 2019 was a pretty incredible time. It was a, it was a changing it was a changing of the guard because Theo's was gone and Richards was coming in. It was a new thing. Um, lots of new things were happening with Richards over the time. And in 2020, um, just to bring up this story, um, I still remember. Um, the whole thing with the pandemic, uh, and it hit a lot of people hard, and yes, it did hit Richard's billiards hard. It it hit him in certain ways. <coughs> I remember when, when it was first introduced, um, the whole COVID nineteen thing. You know, it was a big deal back then, about a couple of years ago, and several people have had it. So. Rich's Billiards and other bars were going to close around, I think, 10 o'clock. They were going to close pretty early on a Friday, right? We were just getting out of work, and we were getting, like, all these um, talks about, you know, know, uh, the bars closing, everything else was going to get shut down, and that was it. So, uh, I think it was March 20th, 2020. Everything had shut down on a Friday, right? Everything. So that means I couldn't go to Rich's Billiards anymore. I couldn't go to any other bar. I couldn't go to any other place. The only way people would start drinking is if they drank at the house. While some people will say that, well, that's wrong. It's stupid. You're not supposed to do that. It's a pandemic. You're supposed to wear a mask. You're supposed to get vaccinated. That time was completely ridiculous. But Rich's managed to survive. And they managed to. And even though they couldn't serve anybody here at Rich's. I mean, they couldn't do it. They did, however, do a delivery service like every everybody else. 
I still remember we ordered um, uh, several of my friends, uh, my brother's friends and everybody were here. And we were trying to get some alcohol because we couldn't get it from the stores because they had already closed. So, <clears throat> Riches went ahead and uh, not only did we... <coughs> not only did we get some alcohol over there, we also had like a, a few, a few burgers, a few, um, you know, pizzas and everything. It was a strange time, the pandemic, you know, I still remember when I had a pizza ordered to me, right? I ordered a pizza from them, right? And it was going to be a $17, $18 pizza, but I end up, uh, they ended up charging me 15 or 15. So I, I was blessed with that. So I gave them 20 and said, fuck it, keep the five, however you want to do it. You know, pizza was brought to my house and uh, it was good. Uh, and like I said, the uh, the pandemic hit hard, but uh, now, you know, all of a sudden it was um, now time for the people to come back and, you know, <clears throat> do what they have to do and stuff. And um, there were a few times when I was over at that bar where now I, I wear my mask and you have to wear a mask when you walk in there. When you, when you can take the mask off while you're drinking, but you have to wear the mask at all costs. And that was one of the things that was bad. That was bad. So uh, I think it was like around 2021, I think uh, the whole thing was lifted and people were still wearing masks and everything, which is fine. I mean, and listen, I always feel like even though the pandemic may still be may may be over in some way, I don't think there's anything wrong with people still wearing masks in the clubs or people still wearing masks in the in the bars and everything. And and it's just one of those one of those general consents that you have to remember that even though things are starting to change and things are getting right back to normal, there's always that possibility that somebody could get COVID nineteen. That there's always that possibility because nobody nobody is safe it don't matter if you're vaccinated it don't matter if you're not vaccinated you're going to get it eventually and and it's not ha- it's not happened to me and thank god it hasn't happened to me uh i don't want to feel what everyone else has felt in the last few years you know and theos has been through a lot of stuff and they and they still do the shows and they still do the stuff and it is still incredible and now that we're in 2023 um it is so incredible that i managed to go through all those things (laughs) all those things with this bar and it's it's incredible you know for the past 20 years i have been walking into this bar running it the way i want to doing the things i've always wanted to do with the bar and I feel like it's still a part of me. I still I still feel it. And despite people telling me it's just a bar, you know, you it doesn't give a shit about you and all this. I've I've heard it all. I've heard everything there needs to be. But you need to remember something. I don't try to tell you that this bar sucks. Or I don't try to tell you that that hamburger place sucks. Or I don't try to tell you this or that. Because if you like that place, you like it. That's what it is. That's exactly what this place means to me. I have been a part of several big events at Richard's Billiards. I've been a part of several memorable moments that have happened over the years at Richard's Billiards. 
And for the past 20 years, I have never been able to walk away from this place. I've gone to Molly's, I've gone to House of Rock, I've gone to all these other places, and hey, it's good places to be a part of here in Corpus Christi. But Theo's has always been my spot. It'll always be my spot. That part never changes. And despite it, it's incredible. 20 years. 20 years of all this happening. <laughs> of that one time when I walked into the doors and I carried a, I walked in carrying a, a stitch doll with stuff of Valentine's Day gift and I gave it to someone right there. And who would have known 20 years later, I would still be a part of this place. I would still be here for all this time. And I would still do the things I do, right? I would still have my shot. I would still have my beer. I will still run the jukebox however I want to. That doesn't change. That doesn't change at all. And to everyone, to everyone, past present, future, regular customers, new customers, old customers, past, present, future customers, future workers, future bartenders, future um, employees, past and everything, all of the people that have represented this place. You're being recognized by me. You deserve it. You deserve it from me. Because not a whole lot of people are going to appreciate the things you do. And for me, for being there 20 years, doesn't change. Doesn't change at all. I'll never walk away from this place. I can't. I don't know how. This place means a lot to me. It's not just a place where everybody knows your name, like Cheers. It's not a place where you go get drunk and all your problems either go away or they increase. It's not a place where you choose to decide your fate and then everything goes wrong from there. This place has helped me through a lot of good times, a lot of bad times. A lot of things that have happened. Sometimes that's all I can ever do. Whenever I go through some problem at home or at work or any anything else, Theo's or Rich's has always been the spot where I just want to get away, get my mind straight, drink a beer not give a shit about what's going on out there. Because what goes on out there, I don't give a fuck about. What goes on at Theo's, what goes on at Rich's is what I give a shit about. If I come alone, I come alone. If I come with my friends, I come with my friends. And I have some of the coolest friends walking the face of this earth. And all this time, I'm never, ever going to leave. 
<laughs> and who knows, maybe one day, and please don't read into this, please don't think that I'm going to do something stupid, but one day, I will not walk amongst all of you. There'll come a time when that happens. Believe me. Who knows? Maybe some people will talk about the main event. Maybe some people will say, Hey, did you hear about this one guy that fucking ran the jukebox all the time? Or that one guy that met Chuck Billy when he came to Theo's? Or this guy that had his amazing podcast and put it out for everyone to listen to? It's that. Yeah. All of us like to be remembered for something, right? I don't want to just be remembered as a regular customer. I don't want to be remembered as being the best customer. I just want to be remembered simply as the God among gods and the king among kings and the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. Because there are people in that bar that can say they're a cool guy. They can have that title. Nobody will be cooler than me. Nobody. You can tell me that you're cooler than me but you'll never be the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth because I own that title and that is my reputation the super C kid is not just some little stupid catchphrase I came up with because I'm a wrestling fan it's a brand it's a name it's a legacy the main event is my alter ego. It's what I am. It's who I am. And anytime that main event, anytime when people say that they're the man, that they are who they are, they're the god of wrestling in every way possible, they can be that individual. But when I walk into Rich's Billiards, I don't walk in as a man, I walk in as the main event. And I am beyond any man that ever walks into that place. I must have spent more than $1,000 every year. I must have spent at least maybe $20,000. And I know some people are going to break the calculator and say, Hey, you know, Furman, you could spend this much, that much on this instead of having to waste your time at the fucking bar. I got news for you. People can give all the excuses they want to. We all hang out at a bar. We all spend money on alcohol. We all spend money on shots. We all spend money on drinks. It's what we fucking do. All right? It's how it goes. Is it an excuse? No, it's not. Look, you choose to live the lifestyle you do. And I'll choose to live mine. And I'll continue to do it at Rich's Billiards. 
that ain't gonna change for anybody. And I will still do what I have always done over the years. Go over, walk in to Rich's Billiards, be the main event, come in, have my shot, have my beer, stare at candy for three or four hours, hang out with a few of my friends, talk about the people we know, the people we don't know, the people we hate. We'll talk wrestling, we'll talk music, we'll talk to Cowboys, Super Bowl, UFC, boxing, however it rolls. We'll do all those things. That's what it will be. And at the end of the night, the only thing that has to happen next is me getting home, you getting home, everyone else getting home. And always remember, guys, when you've had too much to drink, don't make an attempt like I have. Because I may be somewhat of a professional when it comes to drinking, going overboard, getting in my car and getting home. That might be easy for me. But for all of you, designate a driver. Okay? Designated driver, get home safe. And when you get home, just remember someone loves you. All right? And Theo's will always have your back. And the main event will make sure you get home safe and correct. Just don't do anything stupid, like have a lap dance over at a bar somewhere. Or. Try to do something stupid, like break into Theo's, right? Or how about this? How about this? How about this? How about, hmm, there's been a lot of fights that broken over there. Why not start it, okay? But just remember, there are cameras all over the place, so no doubt it'll probably be shown on YouTube or Facebook, whichever comes first. But either way possible, just remember, you're thought of at Theo's. You're thought of at Rich's. And the main event will be there. Don't screw up. Be cool. Be fine. Just remember. You're a human being too. Okay? The jukebox has always been the main event's weapon of arsenal. Okay? It's always been that one. Uh, I think it was probably 2005, maybe 2006, when, when the internet jukebox was first introduced. Um, you know, I was, used to, I was always used to seeing the regular jukeboxes. You know how you see the ones where you see the disc, you see the name, you punch in BA or BC or 25 numbers or whatever it goes and everything else like that. And it would always be these songs that we've heard of. And, and, uh, and most of the time when I see the jukebox, it's always been like, you know, country or something like that. If they have something metal, I mean, that's fine, but it's really not anything to look forward to. So <clears throat> I think me and Roman walked in to uh, Riches for the first time. And um, not the first time back in 2003, but, you know, the few times that we walked in there. And uh, I think we were shooting pool over there. 
and I wanted to listen to some music in the jukebox, so I did. So when I looked at it, uh, the jukebox was much different because when you put a dollar in there, you get two credits, right? Now, you get one credit a song, you know, and you see it right there. But then they, they had this thing called um, these internet downloads, these songs that come up. And you need it, you put a dollar, you use up the two credits to get that download song, right? So I would look up that jukebox and I would see what sort of download this stuff they got. Okay, well, what if we put Queens right, yada, yada, yada. I saw Empire, I thought, okay, fuck it, we'll go ahead and play Empire. Uh, we'll play Iron Maiden, we'll play Iron Maiden. Okay, well, you know, we'll play some Twisted Sister. Fuck it, Twisted Sister, boom, bang. And <clears throat> I started discovering the internet jukebox just a little bit more. So <clears throat> then I went a little bit further, right? So we went ahead and did, I think it was, um, I started looking for hate breed, right? And I found that. I found the, the hate breed in there, and I was like, oh, it's nice. I found Slayer, found that in there. Then I found some Anthrax and Megadeth. And I started, I started really looking into that jukebox, and it was like, it, like my God, I, I put $10 in there, and I would play all of this metal music, and all of these people, most of them were happy to hear this kind of music. Because, let's face it, most people get tired of listening to Welcome to the Jungle like 95 times at the bar. When you change it up and decide you're gonna play Cotton to Mosh by Anthrax, it's like, oh fuck. And then play You Can't Stop Rock and Roll from Twisted Sisters, like my fucking God, or or Rain in Blood from Slayer. You get all of these different types of music from all of these bands that you would never hear in any other spot. This was the spot, the jukebox was it. And ever since then, I started learning, mastering, and knowing how much money I spent on the jukebox. I've must have, I've put $20 in there just to get whatever music I can, and I'd be fine with it, I'd be okay with it. And sometimes, there have been, there have been a few occasions where I would get all my music in, right? And by the time two o'clock rolls around, I would have like maybe two, three more songs left over, and I'd be like screaming, oh my God, no, it's not over yet. Only five more minutes, five more minutes, I swear to God. Five more fucking minutes, you know? And I was screaming at that because I had more some, I had more music coming along. And sometimes, here's the thing that I've always done that has always been creative for Theos. So every time I would put $20 in the jukebox, other people would come in and try to put money in the jukebox too. But they would put $2, $3, $5 and everything just to get their music out of the way. But what I've done is they would put money in and my money would already be in there. And I would still hear my shit no matter what. Riches would still get money from that jukebox. And that, that, that was like their money maker right there all, all the way. There have been many times where I would play some music. And then somebody would figure out a way to cut me off. And I'd be like, you son of a bitch. I would be pissed off about that because I'm like, oh, come on, you know. So the Internet jukebox has changed over the years. And now with us having iPhones and everything, now we figured out a way to, you know, go 
through the jukebox through our phones, which is a much easier aspect than the going up there and put the money in there. Now, people still do that from time to time because they have not been able to master the jukebox. Now, the only thing that's crazy was before it used to be it was all metal. They never threw any rap music in there, which I kind of found that to be unfair because, you know, for me, I've always played my metal music, play it and everything. It's all good. But sometimes I, I wouldn't mind listening to some Tupac. I wouldn't mind listening to some Bone Thugs or, or play something that, you know, if I hear anything that's modern, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Anything else, I mean, if, if you play Tejano, I'm okay with it. You play Selena, I'm okay with it. You play uh, Eto Cable, that's fine, however you want to do it. But if you play something I've heard 95 times, I'm going to say, you fucking bitch. Don't want to hear it. And there are times... Uh, there have been, there have been, and I know this for a plain fact, they've always had wrestling theme music in there. And it's like when I hear it, it's like, oh my God, I got to play this. You hear AJ Styles music. Hey, here comes AJ Styles. Um, I played the Evolution song from uh, Motorhead. Uh, it was the Line in the Sand song. And you, you, you think Evolution's coming down the aisle. I've played the Vince McMahon song. I've played uh, several, several wrestling songs in there. One of my favorites, I'm going to play, and I'll play it all the time. If they have the Transformer theme song in there, I'll play that bitch. I swear to God. They play, you can play the touch from the Transformers movie soundtrack. You can find that, you can put it on there, and it works. I only wish I would have got that a long time ago, because I, I would have loved to have heard that song every single fucking time. Now, the only thing that's bad about the the... When you try to get music from your phone, if you you could still get the two credits, right? But now when you want to pass someone up, I've noticed that it went, it used to be three, right? It used to be three credits. Now you got to get like five credits or seven credits and and everything is and and I have I have not noticed that until more recently. And it's like I would rather stick with two because you know, I still want to hear my music in every way, every way, put it out, you know. So sometimes I would still put money in the jukebox and sometimes I would go through it through my phone, you know, just to get the music in. And if nobody's putting music on, I mean, sometimes it's like, fuck it, I'll go ahead and do it because we got to get something rolling. We got to get somebody to at least go to that jukebox, say, hey, put your shit on and I'll give people a chance. I'll go ahead and give people a chance. I've even on a few occasions I've done this where if someone's not going to get their music in, I'll help them. I'll help them any way they can. Because, you know, I'm that kind of person. If they want to, you know, listen to something in music, hey, put $2 in, you want to hear your first song first before this next one? Boom. That's what it is. And I show it to them and boom. They're happy for that. They're really happy for that. And it gets them going every single time. That jukebox has been amazing. And I have played it at, at Theo's several times. I've played it at Richard's a couple of times. Um... Anytime I go to any place that has that jukebox, and if I run it, I guarantee you, you will love what you hear. You want Machine Head? Boom, there it is. You want Fear Factory? Boom, it's there. You want Hatebreed? You want Disturb? You want Anthrax? You want Slayer? You want Megadeth? You want Transformers? You want everything song from the WWE? The main event will give it to you. And no matter what, there are people that can try to master that jukebox, but I will be the overall master and nobody, I don't care who you are, you will never outsmoke me in that jukebox. 
you can play whatever you want, but I guarantee you, if you play the same fucking bullshit, I'm going to meddle your ass all the way up, and there's not a fucking thing you can do about it. If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, 
All you got to do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Listen for your question right here on the main event talk podcast, and it could be any question that you want whether it's anything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling to anything new in music or anything about possibly politics, even though I really don't get into politics that much anyway, or anything about current events or anything about the Transformers or any kind of new metal music that you like to talk about or anything in particular, even if it's a bit personal. The main event would love to go ahead and put that email out for everyone to listen to. So once again, my email address is the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com and listen for that question right here on the main event talk podcast well guys that's going to do it for this very special presentation of the main event talk podcast we hope you have enjoyed it and uh this um was an interesting podcast episode that uh, i've been wanting to put together for quite a while um you know i thought about it last year um i kept thinking about you know what would I what would I do to go ahead and uh, put together a podcast where I'm thinking about my favorite bar? I decided, fuck it, I'm gonna go ahead and you know just you know talk about everything that happened. You know from the beginning. You know when Rich's Billiards first showed up, uh, when it was Theo's a long time ago. Talk about the past. Talk about you know who was involved, who was not involved, and everything. So I pretty much decided, fuck it, I'm gonna put it all together, and I put together several songs and several from you know you and i think you've heard it you know everything from the periwinkle massacre to shattered sun to uh the killmore was on there and of course i think what you heard at the end was of serpents and saviors so yes i put that on there as well so before i end this i hope everyone had a chance to listen to this and i'm not just talking about the current employees at richest billiards i'm talking about Everyone, I'm hoping everyone had a chance to listen to it. From everyone that used to work there, every bartender, every waitress, every employee in general. I just want to let you guys know that you're being thought of here on this episode. You're being appreciated by me. You know, I decide to put these podcasts together and I've always done things my way. I've I I want to go ahead and, you know, try to put together a good podcast and everything and it's always been about professional wrestling, but when I want to talk about you know, my favorite bar in all of the world, I want to go all out. I want to do what I can. I want I want the name, I want everyone to be recognized and everything. So, with that being said, the main event would like to take this opportunity to say to Rich's Billiards, to all of the employees, to everyone working there, the sound of my voice, to the past, to the present, and to the future, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being around for 20 years for the main event. To all the bands that I performed at Rich's Billiards, 
to the Kilimoras of Serpents and Saviors, Free State, Shattered Sun, the Periwinkle Massacre, Leoric, Texas Hate Machine, and everything else in between. To all of you guys that have performed at Rich's Billiards in the past 20 years, I want to say thank you. Thank you for making everything that happened at Rich's Billiards. And thank you for letting me be a part of all of those moments. To <laughs> all the customers and all the people that I never had a chance to talk to or some that I may have talked to before. Guys, you're being thought of as well. To all of my friends and family and everyone that's been a part of it. To Hector, to Chrissy, to Roxanne, to Rachel, to Jeremy, to Johnny, the best drummer on the planet, John Luna. To Richard, to Brian Sherman, Eric Wendell, Rachel, and everyone else in between. I want to say thank you. Thank you for being there for me for the past 20 years. I want you to know you're being appreciated too. And I also want to thank Theo's. And I'm not talking about the individual that had the bar. The name itself. Theo's. That name has been synonymous with me for a long time. I think that name because it means the world to me. And I also think the current name, Riches. It is still the standard bearer. It is what it is. It is the future and it is going to continue to be that. But I just want everyone to know one thing. No matter what, Riches is like the main event. Why do I say that? Richest billiards will always be the constant. But when it comes to Theo's, its name and its legacy will live forever. No doubt. So as always, follow the main event on Twitter. Twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash at main event player two. No word on a new Facebook page for the main event talk podcast, but keep that in mind and everything else like that. And like I always say to all of you, if you want to friend request me on, on Facebook, like I always say, proceed at your own fucking risk. Do me a favor, get your beer, get your glass, get whatever, and raise it up high. Raise it as high as you can. This is to 20 years. 20 years of rocking. 
20 years of drinking, 20 years of having a good time, 20 years of the best people I've ever been a part of, 20 years of Theo's and riches. And it's also 20 more years down the road. And who knows? (laughs) Maybe I'll still be around in the next 20 years. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Thank you. Thank you, Riches Billiards. Thank you, Theos. But most of all, thank you all. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. Riches Billiards. 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes. New name, same place. The legend continues. The bar among bars. And the billiards among billiards. Well, um, guys, it's not over yet. (laughs) Yeah, it's not over. I still have one little last piece of business to take care of. So we talked about everything there needed to be talked about at Riches Billiards. Everything. Talked about the past. Talked about deals. Talked about riches. Talked about everything that there is to talk about. But I wanted to save this part for last because I felt it was extremely important. This one is for all of the fallen heroes. The fallen heroes of Rich's Billiards. You know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, designating a driver in every way possible. And sometimes within a blink of an eye, we would lose someone very close to us. Now for me personally, it's my longtime best friend, Adam Ramos, who I lost back in 2007. He had been with me in the bar several times. I always had him, I always had Roman with me all the time. And I'm sure there's all all of you that have had a memory or two about the people you lost that you used to hang out with here at Richard's Billiards. I wanted that to be acknowledged. Now, there's not a whole lot of people that I know. I know that we had lost several friends that have been a part of Richard's Billiards for a long time. And I wanted that to be recognized. I wanted that to be acknowledged. But other than that, there is one thing that I want to talk with all of you about before we end the show. 
You know, as I was putting this podcast together, I kept thinking about the past and I kept thinking about a lot of people. One person that I was thinking about had passed away. I mentioned Roxanne, a friend of ours. Roxanne had uh, posted something on Facebook this past Saturday. And apparently a friend of ours had passed away. He used to be a door guy over at Rich's Billiards a long time ago. You know, I've met several door guys, especially Dale and, of course, Headbanger, uh, Headbanger Incorporated Ted Security at Aunt Benya. But this one hits home for all of us. Because recently, recently I found out about the passing of an old friend of ours. Some of you may know him and others may not. But his name, and uh, I apologize if I cannot pronounce his last name correctly, but let me see if I can try. Um, His name was Albert Val Val Valverde. That's right, Albert Valverde. He is, uh, he was a door guy for Rich's Billiards a long time ago, back in, I think, 2010, 2011. He was a very tough man, but he was also a very cool guy. Um, You know, I've... um, He does hold a very special place in my heart and in the hearts of many. Um, You know, I still remember where every time... When I, when I ran a jukebox a couple of times, I would always play a song called You Can't Stop Rock and Roll from Twisted Sister. And that was always his favorite, you know. When I had uh, played the jukebox many times before, that would be the song to play. And he loves that song. He loves that song every time, you know. And he can't get enough of it. And he always screams out, You can't stop rock and roll. And it was... Um, Awesome, you know, and if he enjoyed it, that was all that matters. It was, it was that cool. You know, he left Corpus Christi a long time ago, and he uh, moved over to Iowa a long, long time ago. And I've often wondered, when will this dude ever return? When will this dude ever come back? And I guess we'll never know, you know? I'd like to share this with everybody because I think it's important. You guys get a chance to hear this from me. So when Roxanne had mentioned about what happened to him, he didn't pass away because of drugs or... He didn't pass away because of um, an accident of any kind. This man did take his own life. And, you know, it's very, very sad for something like that to happen. You know, we, 
because sometimes the hardest thing for us is that we try to reach out to our friends and they're always a victim of depression or the victim of something. And when I saw his Facebook page, I mean, we, we were friends on Facebook and uh, when, I, when I lost my old Facebook, I don't think he was aware that I didn't have my Facebook at all. So when I heard about what happened, I, I saw his Facebook page and I was in shock. When you hear the words, end your life by the end of the year, it sends chills up and down your spine. And you ask yourself, why? What? Why, why would that happen? Why, why, would you, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you want to hurt the people you love and that love you? You know, we've had, you know, we've had several people that have done stuff like this before. Um, for me, I think the most recent one, I would have to say, was about a year ago. And I think I mentioned this on the Main Event Talk podcast. Um, there was this wrestler named Daphne, who apparently had took her own life. She was on Instagram Live and had mentioned something about taking her own life and it was uh, very scary to hear that and everyone from you know Mick Foley and everybody else tried to reach reach her in time but by the time by the time they got to her it was too late and I guess for our friend Albert it was too late and my advice to all of you is you're always going to have that one friend that will do something extremely ridiculous. And always remember, don't joke about suicide because it is a very serious disease. My advice to all of you, be there for your friends. Try to help them. Try to talk to them. Please don't make them do anything stupid. And I wish that there was a way to save our friend Albert. So the main event wants to end this episode the right way. Albert. You don't know it yet, man. But there's a lot of people here in Corpus Christi that love you. Everyone. Myself. Roxanne. Hector. Richard. Everyone else involved. Sarah. Vanessa. Everyone that is thinking about you right now. Trust me when I tell you, my friend, your name is never going to be forgotten. And now more than ever, 
whenever I get a chance to play You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, your name will always be in our hearts. Rest in peace, my friend. Take it easy.